Hello again, guys, and welcome to episode four of Roll Better Podcast. Um, it's Matt Doran here again. I am with Daniel Adams, John Parrish, and Barry Gingell. Um, two of us are extremely diseased at the moment. Um, we've got John and Dan, who both have a, some kind of awful post-con disease. It's, it's con flu. It's con lurgies. Yeah. Because the, the, the con lurgy that we all have, or that they have at least, is the con that we're going to be talking about today. The whole episode basically is about Steam Con. The events that went on and the reveals therein. Um, there's a there's a lot to get through, but I think I think we can do it. It's some really interesting stuff, and we're all really excited. Woo! That sounded really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed it. Good work. Good I worked on that shit. It was it was a lot of fun. I think we all. It was. Oh, it was amazing. It's fantastic. Few days. Yeah. So we we all went up on the Thursday. Most of us took the Thursday off work. In fact, all of us took the Thursday off work. Yeah, you had to wait for uh, a boiler man. Yeah, Dyson had to get his boiler serviced or something like That's that. That's not a euphemism, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had to get his... Um, but, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, once that was done, we all headed off and we were there Thursday night. Good fun. Met with friend of the show, Sam Page. Sam Page, friend of the had show. A, uh, had a Frankie and Benny's and a few bevies. Yeah, a nice steak in Frankie and Benny's, actually. And a nice ice cream sundae. I would recommend it. <laughs> You'd recommend a, like, a well-known chain of restaurants. I would. It's good to know, Barry. Thanks a lot. It's tasty. Should we... Do you want to write on Yelp or something? I don't know. <laughs> uh, reviews already posted. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Manchester Frankie and Benny's. <laughs> the one by the budget Ibis that we stayed in. Boom. We, you know, oh, yeah, recommendations actually for people. If you are going to go away and you do decide to stay in an Ibis budget... Be prepared for the budget side of it. <laughs> it is, I mean, if it's a, if, like, there's, there's nothing wrong. The hotel advertises the fact that it's budget, and it was cheap, it like was, the budgie. Yeah. And we spent very little time in it. No, yeah, no, it's like angry. six hours a night. If well, not. maybe maybe nine actually. All in, we slept on the second day. But it was small. It was your, your room was fucking humorous. That's what she said. <laughs> it was awkward, and Matthew did fill the hotel room with water. <laughs> Our shower was a trap. <laughs> it was just like, fuck, it's a trap! Someone said I'm a trap! A, a bomb! It, it was like, okay, it was the first morning we woke up. It was the first morning we woke up, and I was still sort of, you know, still blurry, just, you know, a little bit a little bit hungover, a little bit tired, woken up, trying not to turn all the lights, so I didn't fully wake these guys up. And I go to the shower, and obviously, it's a this budget, so the shower is just a door that's in. The main room. Which so is like a glass door. That you <laughs> it was a glass door, but it's just a bit of rough glass. So you can see in. Frosted glass, yeah. And, and there the is a door handle was, in fact, a hole in <laughs> Literally the door. a glory hole in the shower door. So if anyone wanted, they could easily see. A little bit of a, quite a big glory hole as well. It leaves you feeling a little bit inadequate if you do pop something through. Like, he oh, said not authoritatively. <laughs> not filled the glory hole, that's embarrassing. <coughs> but anyway, so I open the shower door and I turn on the shower to start, you know, to hope it's not freezing cold. And neglecting to take into account the shower head had been left pointing directly at the door. So pointing quite far to the right and at, at sort of like head level. So I flick on the water and it just jets water <laughs> into my face and into and the shower just, door. screaming. And I left back in confusion. And I'm not looking because the last <laughs> sentence I heard him say was, don't look, I'm cupping my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't looking at all. 
I gave I gave a lot of notice. You informed my genitals are out. You informed me thusly. So, gentlemen, please shield your eyes. My genitals are out. Why wasn't I in the fun room? (laughs) (laughs) This was the fun room, mate. Water in people's faces, bollocks everywhere. I was stuck on my tiny bunk bed, just hiding under the duvet, going make it stop. Yeah. But yeah, I got really confused and panicked and then turned on all the lights trying to turn everything off. And there were these weird fluorescent lights <laughs> at, the mid, at mid-height, like waist-height yeah. around the room, like on a very poor spaceship. Yeah, it was like it was like the most budget, um, budget set for Star yeah. Trek ever. But it was very medical nice. Wars, it did the job. Yeah, medical wards. It was fine. Medical Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's kind of... <laughs> we're, off, we're a little bit off topic already. Yeah. But the Ibis budget was only literally five minutes walk from the Steamcon venue. So we were there at seven o'clock in the morning because we're freaking keen. I mean, I was there at seven o'clock in the morning. We were were there at seven to ten. We organised to leave from our hotel at seven in the morning. (laughs) At 6.57, I arrived downstairs to a message from him saying, Rick said we're not waiting. (laughs) And then we left. Like two minutes before we got down there. Oh, I know. I watched you guys. Well, I didn't watch. I tied up at (laughs) ten to eight. In a cab because I couldn't yeah. be bothered to yeah. get <laughs> the best thing. The less than a mile journey. They paid two quid to walk to get a, a lift eight hundred meters. <laughs> I woke up, I checked Uber, and it was six minutes. So six what? minutes walking. Like no, it was six minutes wait for the Uber. <laughs> so you, but at the time you waited for the Uber to get there, you could have been there. I was warm. <sighs> Sure. So oh. Steamcom guys. <laughs> yeah, so, back on track. So there was a bit of cue banter, which we, we got up, we got there, we were a couple of people behind you guys. Mad cue banter. Started talking with people, which was nice. Was it Jay and Jason? It was uh, Jay and John. John, Jay and John, really nice fellas. And uh, is it uh, Richard from um, Don't Touch the Beard, the YouTube channel? Wasn't he there? He was there. He was. He was but did, I just, did I just see other people with beards and assume it was from Don't there Touch the Beard? There was a lot of people that looked exactly the same, but no, he was there. He was cool. Cool. Nerd, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, but we weren't quite sure we were in the right place. But then there was someone in a Steve Ford shirt going, yeah, you are in the right place, but I didn't trust him. But, but that's because he said, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you're in the right place. So then someone at the front of the queue messaged Jamie Giblin, who went, yeah, you're in the right place. Yeah. We were like, yay! He looked, he looked nervous when he opened the doors. Like, they opened the doors and we're all there at the, at yeah. the doorway. And he's like, oh, fuck. It <laughs> was like a zombie apocalypse. Maybe. Yeah, I'd have been nervous if I opened the doors and there were that many keen nerds. I'd have taken a step back. I, when I got there, because I was further down, I think I was with the the guy that had flown from New Zealand. Oh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, chatting to him. Is that the guy that Dyson said was American? Yeah, and embarrassed us. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not part of the Robert podcast. He's a friend. <laughs> <of him. laughs> yeah, David Dyson is not affili- officially affiliated with the Robert podcast. Yeah. Only because in the queue, he also said that he listened to us. So please... Don't be offended. It might have been Chris, actually. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't it, us. Wasn't it his mate who said that he's got a mate coming... Who looks like Barry? Because we met Chris, who is basically just a bald dude with a beard. That's that's the that's as far as I can guess. The <laughs> that was the he looks like Barry thing. I don't think it was actually Chris who was in the. I don't know. He was the guy that was walking around giving out um, confectionery. Oh, yeah. it was Chris then. It was. <clears throat> yeah, really that's nice right. guy. Really nice guy. Um, he and recognised he, your voice, didn't he? Yeah. Well, when I was chatting, I was, he, he said to, he was listening to podcasts. I was like, oh. What about us? He was, one, like, one, he was one. like, which one's yours? And I was like, oh, the Robert one. He's like, oh yeah, the Rambly one. I was like, that's <laughs> us. I mean, we've we've pretty much lived up to that. I'd say we are. How many minutes in? And we have yet to touch on Gilball. Eight minutes is fine. Yeah, but so, I haven't talked about the Hobbit, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we, we managed to pray continue. 
It's yeah, well, shock. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, so we, 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 like queue, the, queue. we were like, rush downstairs to join another queue. But we were one of the first ten in the shop, and it was only because they had some issues with the, the card machine that it took well, a had to manually number. input card numbers. It was Ouch. tedious. And postcodes <coughs> and security sorry codes. For bastards. Yeah, man. Anyone that gave them cash, they were like, oh, my God. Thank You're you the so best much. person ever. We love you. But Which yeah, got is. in there, got all our stuff bought. Blacksmith 2. Right off the bat. Black but it was two farmers Actually, two and the new uh, Yuletide. Yeah, Yuletide which was on the counter, which I didn't see at first. But I also because I bought Blacksmith one and two there. I'd, I'd kept it in my pants and I bought Blacksmith one and two. So I got the the, the bonus dice. Yes. But Barry had I think pre-ordered Blacksmith one um, or something along those lines and didn't only needed to buy Blacksmith two, so he didn't get the dice for free. Oh, see, I, I, I got annoyed with this. Okay. I, I got annoyed with this because I didn't see mm-hmm. any of the promotions advertised anywhere until I got out of that leaflet that everyone was given. That I definitely wasn't given because I was in the queue and didn't get one. It was, it was a box. box. It was in, that yeah. everyone was given. You know, oh, I was so excited. I gave the box to Angel <laughs> and said, "I'm going to go and buy everything. You can go and sit down." I went to the shop, bought everything, and bought. Blacksmith 2, Farmers 2, Blacksmith Dice, Frozen Forge tokens, everything else. I was like, I want all the toys. Nothing you bought stuff. would have entitled you to anything free. No, but I would have Possibly. bought Blacksmith 1 again and given it away as a present or a prize support later on. Yeah, if I'd have known I would have got the dice. You're so generous, John. I am. I agree, I would have done I didn't look in like, my books. No, it'd be funny. There would have been someone at the club, like, there would have been, or the when we host the next <laughs> tournament, it would have been nice to throw in a box like that. And it, or the free dice would have been a gift or something like that. Like I could have done something. Like no, you're that. right. I mean, I know you're you're kind of rambling against a complaint there, but it's kind of your fault. <laughs> I mean, no, not kind of entirely. Because <laughs> I went back, I didn't get my dice, and I and then um, someone pointed out to me. I think it was um uh, it was Jack or John, one of the two guys that we met. John or Jay. Jay? Did I call him Jack? Sorry, yeah, it was it's Jack. Jack, Jack. No, 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 it's no, Jack. Oh, right, Jack. Game of a J. Come on. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it began with the, they all began with J's. So I, he was chatting to me and said, Oh, did you get your free dice? No. So I just went back to them and just said, I was supposed mm. to get free dice, I didn't get free dice. I, I want free new dice because mine roll really badly. What's the name of the podcast, Baz? Roll better. Fucking A right. <laughs> <laughs> Still makes Dan grow. <laughs> no. So, I, I mean, it wouldn't have took a lot for a poster. My, Fair. My only gripe. They gave everyone a very small poster that told you. What no, no, in, inside a box that they assumed you opened before you lost. There's lost free the shit in there. They did ask everyone to put their lanyard on, which you would have had to open your box to do. Well, okay, that wasn't heard also, on. There's free shit in the box. I also get didn't get asked to put my lanyard on. Yeah, oh, first they? thing I was told was put your lanyard uh, on. Yeah, no, my, I didn't open. They the must have got bored after ten people because Probably. I didn't get that, and then obviously didn't read the leaflet. But it's not the well, end. I'm like I don't care. I've got everything. I just mean that I can't give stuff away. I feel we're laboring on a tiny point. I didn't get told about the lanyards. The first interaction I had with the Steamforge member of staff was as we were getting signed in and stuff. And I can't remember which Steamforge member of staff it is, but we started doing the Ric Flair woos at each other. I remember that. I'll be honest. I wasn't surprised it was you. I heard from the top of the stairs, and I was like, "Matt, Matt's on board." I was very excited. Anyway, should we get stuck into what Steam, Steamcom was? Yeah, so after games. we walk out of the shop, what did we walk into? We went to the seminars. Yeah, I know we went into the open play area, but I'm just going to skim over that. I'm going to skim over the well, I think Why? I think this more probably ties into one of the first questions we got, which was opinions on the Rookie League. Because obviously in the oh, open yes, play so area, everyone <laughs> was enticed to play the Rookie League over the weekend. Which yeah, looks like it Steamforged's new, they're going to roll it in or they're going to add it on to the, uh, what was the big league in Season 2. Mm. Uh, essentially, you picked your guild, and each guild had a rookie. Yep. And each rookie had a back and a front, as cards normally do. Uh, but they had two of each. You picked those, and over the weekend, you got to level up either the back or the front over the time. 
Yeah, each game you got to pick yeah. a new front or a new back, and there were two versions of each. Yeah. And you started us off awfully, and in the end you were like basically a captain. So in some cases, you were better than the like, captain. Yeah. yeah. Boilers level five had something called anatomical perfection, which is you ignore three points of armor. <laughs> so, oh, you brought some? No, you didn't. <laughs> no armor. So, I went over and I picked up ferrite because I decided I was going to be on blacksmiths for the weekend. Yeah. And she starts out so bad, <laughs> as they all do. They, they were. I actually quite liked them as an idea. It worked really well at SteamCon because lots of people playing open play. You could get. You could play your game, go straight over to the desk, get it tweaked, and come back with a new card for the next game. So I think for SteamCon, I think it really worked well. Yeah, I would have if I wasn't in because I took SteamCon as very much a con, yeah, rather than a let's go play Guild Ball weekend. If I was playing Guild Ball weekend, I think I would have enjoyed it much more. Mm-hmm. As did, I think I played two games over the entire weekend. So I was mostly just socialising, chatting, uh, nonsense and whatnot. Yeah. So I had a uh, a window that was more dead weight than he normally is. He was he was really very shit. dead weight. Yeah, that was quite funny. Um, but they have now released uh, the PDF of all of the cards, all of the backs. Oh, I, the I did not know that. Yeah, we were looking all the way up to L five. I would go have a look at the release because they are <laughs> there's, there's some really fun stuff in there he was uh, we, were, we looked at cosplay Fangtooth on the way back no, right. it's Thug Fangtooth on the back where all of his um, abilities are uh... say about Ethereum or something like that <laughs> They're all, so the back of level 5 Thug Fangtooth's card and probably the ones previously that had the same name all of the traits have like joke names based on some sort of thuggy gangsterish stuff it's I'm not going to go into them yeah. they're really good it's not for me. It's, it's not for you, John. It's not for you. It's so not for you. When we turn up, I, I mean, it's, I, I like the, the community-driven stuff. I think it's really cool to have in a game, but it's not something that I, that's not the reason I play the game. Mm. Um, I read the cards. I found them quite cool. If it was something that I would partake in at the club, maybe on a long like tournament break or something, then I probably would play. But the engineer's player was Salvo, which as well. Narrative stuff, there was tournaments going on on the weekend, I wanted to play the tournaments. Level so. 5 Salvo gets a Gatling gun. I couldn't care less. Is that- you absolutely could, if you'd actually looked at what he can turn into, you would have cared. <laughs> I think my, my mistake was picking Ferrite to do Blacksmith, because if if I picked Venin for Alps, it would have been something new and different and interesting, but because I picked Ferrite, she's already new and different and interesting. And more importantly, a very key part of that team. Yeah, and so I had a shit one. <laughs> So it was like I wasn't having as much fun as I would have done if I was playing Ferrite. So yeah. I was a bit like then, I was a bit down yeah. it. And so I, I played like we Dan and I played. So it was like my blacksmith's into Thresher. And when we say into Thresher, we literally mean into Thresher only. Yeah. Dan looks at his cards and goes, "Yeah, like Windows like tack three, and you're like armor two, and everything I can hurt you or do anything." I had four members of my team were tack four or under. One member of my team was Harrow, who was tack five, and I had Thresher. Turns out all you need is Thresher. So you had a, you had a, no, no, you had a tooled up Thresher. Oh, Harrow was good for one thing. No, Harrow tooled up Millstone every turn. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. I got absolutely <laughs> decimated. He just Thresher no, just walks in and just murdered everyone. <sighs> murdered is, specifically apprentices. Mostly. That is what he does. Yeah, because they're glass. They're like defence three, well, no, one well, armour, twelve the horse, boxes on average. Yeah. Then from the horse was kicking out. Was it you ain't tough? Yeah. From the hall, like, bang, yeah. take your armor, take your armor, take your armor, <laughs> boom, fuck you all, reach me, what are you gonna do? So the apprentices were getting turned into. No, it was it was the horse, half and alloy yeah. were in like. Oh, okay. Were in like a murder so whirlwind. That was on the legendary turn. On the legendary turn, he killed three people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was bad. Because they're all deaf too, and if they haven't got much armor because if they ain't tough, 
Yeah, guys... they're gone. Yeah, it's bonkers. But all is weak before the scythe. But the, so one of the things I didn't like about the rookie league was, and I saw this in a couple of people's games, was player that was your rookie kind of stayed at the back and was almost like a mascot and didn't get inf and didn't do anything. And it, I felt a bit silly to be like, I finished the game and then that player upgrades, but he didn't actually do anything or contribute. And then if you missed a few games. Like, I, I then played Rick a bit later, and I've still got, like, this basic ferrite. Yeah. And Rick's got this, like... Super boiler. Yeah, super boiler that was just tearing the <laughs> shit out of me. And it was like, oh, well, that's not fun. Like a two-inch reach fucking... So what was the five-inch five stuff yeah. uh, under Ox's legendary? Yeah. Just hacking me to pieces. So, I, were, I don't know. From, I didn't enjoy it that much, but I think that wasn't necessarily the best circumstance. I think it had been more regimented and with a team that I knew so it was fun to have a change in it okay so here's a question then okay if you you'd have played it like you guys are playing the Blood Bowl League at the club Mm -hmm. where there's scheduled games and and you can't so for example if you're playing against Matt you've both had four games yeah so that's the most that your guy could level would you have enjoyed well, it more this that? is that's my theory I would yeah. it would certainly have been fairer and a little bit more balanced but I think that is the way to do it but I think that's the way the, the rookie league is sort of planned isn't it I think I really don't know I haven't looked into the, the PDF enough but I believe that is the idea for it I think Dan's nodding through his coughing he um, is definitely you can probably just about on the mic here this <laughs> it's like a dog barking in the distance so yeah I want to I want to see more and I just think it was it was a mistake to try it on a new team because I was missing my yeah, yeah, yeah. I was missing my captain effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I, was bit, I was a bit down. While you guys did that, I then did the world's last chance qualifier. Yeah. Which was good fun. Tell us about it, how'd it go? Well I bombed out round three against Henry who won. If you're gonna go out, yeah, you've got to go out to the Joe wins. Twelve yeah. eleven. He scored after being clocked out. Um yeah, it was an amazing game. Mm. And Probably one of the most fun games of Guild Ball I've ever played. Close. And Henry was absolutely champ about it. Really nice game. And afterwards he was like, fucking hell, that was close. I didn't expect it to get that close. And I was like, well, if I'm going to lose, that's happy days losing like that. So <laughs> it was all right. And I managed to play against out. the Thresher as well, round two. And after beating Thresher, I was really proud of myself because I'd never played against the Thresher. And he played exactly the team that me and Dan had spoke about a lot, where Dan's ideas of how Thresher should play was played out. Yeah. And basically trying to get... <clears throat> Thresher split up from Millstone and Harrow was the whole game mm. and the only reason I managed to win that game was after separating them out and getting Thresher in the middle of the scrum away from everyone else and me choosing when I kill Thresher so leaving him on one and then at the top of the next turn basically yeah. playing a this is your key character that you can't have any influence on put as much as you want on someone else and Velocity's going to get nimble and you can go and mom one for to your heart's content that's pretty much how, how it ran down. But otherwise, lost round three, 12 11 to the champ. It was good fun. But good. talking of the champ and the last chance qualifier, Henry unfortunately can't make worlds. Um, I think he had a passport issue of some kind. Well, not 100% confirmed because we're, we're on the assumption that everything that was said on that weekend still stands. So yeah, it might Henry uh, versus Charles Nurse in the final. <clears throat> the rookie Charles Nurse. Charles the rookie Nurse. Yeah, Charles the rookie Nurse. Um, Henry beat Charles and then it turns out that Henry might not have a valid passport in time or something like that. Yeah. So Charles might have to step up to it. Which, if he does, good luck awesome. to him. We'll definitely be supporting him. 
when he when he when they told him that there was a good chance or at least a chance that he might be going instead, his face he was he was he got the shakes. I think he got so excited and didn't really believe it. Well, his first thought was he felt bad for him. Got yeah for him. He was actually like, I feel really bad. It's not how I want to do it. But he would say he's you know he's just a nice fella. Stuff yeah. stuff can happen like that unfortunately. And and Charles still absolutely deserves to go. Yeah, he was looking weak at one point. Like got to the after was it round four? Dan and I went over and chatted to him, and he was like fucked. So we rushed out and bought him a KFC to give him some fuel. Emergency KFC. Yeah, he was absolutely fucked. <laughs> Call him a roll better crowd. <laughs> yeah. Get to KFC. <laughs> Pit crew. <laughs> so we're we're effectively the official Charles and Anza Pit crew. Yeah. Sponsored by KFC. <laughs> I love that. Just have a, like, go over something and go... Just like that. Change, like change your shoes for him and stuff like that. I'm actually thinking... <laughs> what, I think I got back a little late and I think I might be on camera putting it down on the table. But yeah, it should probably just... Oh, this, this game's been recorded. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite funny. If you two were going to die, can you do it? Not quietly? while you're I'm not gonna being recorded. Try, do it Jesus, quietly, man. Jesus, fucking hell! But Can't so get you, the staff these days. So we then went to seminars while you were doing your championship yeah. thing. Yeah, we went to the first two seminars, which they were all fantastic. I don't think we're going to cover what specifically was in them. No, because I feel like that's done fairly extensively elsewhere. Yeah, there's loads of videos. That's I can't remember. Yeah, there you go. There's loads of videos about them and stuff like that. Um, there was three fluff seminars. I um, forgot what was Friday and what was Saturday. So Friday, Friday was, was, oh, was um, State of State, State of the, the Guild, Empire, State of the Empire, yeah. which it was fluff as an overall in the entire Guild Ball yep. world, but also a little bit of an update on who the blacksmiths are and what's yeah. going on. We got a lot of blacksmith fluff there, which yeah, really yeah, which is really cool. Uh, and it was also the uh, how to play test properly. Yeah, that was DC was was doing. Here is how to play test. I th- well, interesting points to note, I thought, where you asked about the princesses thing, and they are not sisters. That You know that theory? Right? No, no, I, I never thought they were sisters or anything, so I pointed but out... But no, people was... did, is my point. No, there was some confusion about how, to what level they knew each other. Right? It was on, um, was it Guild Tonight, I think? Yeah, but um, other people have said it. Yeah, and we're just like, well, how do they not know each other if they're both princesses yeah. from Iskirian? It's like, no, that um, Decimate is just a noble. Yeah, yeah. Um, Guthrie is a princess, but they're... I think showing confirmed they don't yeah. really know each other. And one thing I thought was cool that Sherwin talked about with the blacksmiths was when we were talking about Hearth and Alloy. Yeah, and well, about was, their relationship and who they are. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, what was he saying? He's like, oh, so he's her bodyguard. He goes, is he her bodyguard? Or is he her jailer? And he was like, ooh, well, I quite like that. Is he her, like, I, I, I thought of it as like, he's like her heavy, her bouncer, her... Her, like, indentured well, man. Well, of course. But then Sherwin put the cat amongst the pigeons with that one. I'm like, oh, yeah. is there more to come? Interesting. Because, well... Cause Dad's rolling his eyes like, of course he did that. But I like it, and I'm sticking to it. I but there's going to be a cool story. And I like that we got little bits like um, uh, Farris trained ferrite. Yeah. Anvil trained Farris. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> there's like... It's just knowing the chains there and stuff like that. It was really cool. Yeah, I liked that. A lot. Yeah. The, the fluff seminars are my favourite bit. As you know, I'm quite a big fluff man. Well, you guys are... Apart from John, we're all fairly fluff monkey. But I listened to it afterwards. <laughs> Ballista got exiled, apparently. That's pretty much all I listened to. Oh, no, Ballista's dead, dude. Did you not know? No. Didn't get to that. <laughs> Must have tuned out. <laughs> I hope Shelby's not listening to this because it's just, just really upsetting. What was the one I No, afterwards? it shouldn't be. Like, I, we spoke We spoke in late. I really enjoyed the seminars that I went to with the designing a character where everyone was banging on about fluff. I was trying to understand what was going on. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on. I was all thinking about mechanics from game terms and what the characters should have. Which is an important part of contribution. But it was inter- it was interesting to watch the videos back recently about some of the fluff. It got me enticed. 
but I'm still not going to read it. Oh. If they bring out audiobooks, I will listen to them. I do enough driving and things like that to make that worthy, but there's, I don't have the time to read. Well, talking about the, the character creation one, so it was like a two or three part seminar, which was kind of come up with the idea for a player and then we're going to create her and go into the, or him and go into the background. Um, and the one that was that was picked out of all the ones that were suggested was uh, Veteran Honor, who is now a, a farmer's player. Yeah. And after the Veteran Honor was suggested, the next part of it was to suggest you know how she might work or what her core mechanics are going to be. Yeah. And I believe it was you, Dan. It was your suggestion for what has now kind of become what's going to be her key mechanic, I guess. We're looking at you. That is We're your, looking at you. That is your cue to fucking is- say something. <laughs> I think it was actually Russ originally that mentioned her being a shepherd. Well, you said Captain Goldie. Yeah. And then she was like, ooh, Goldie. I don't want to take responsibility. There's a video, so I, we know exactly what happened and who said I'm what. I'm sure Russ was the person who suggested it first. I th- I think oh, he, he Russ said I think Russ said shepherding. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I got it wrong. Sorry, Russ. Well, he was part of the course. Uh, Russ was part of great ideas. <laughs> Oh, was he? Was he about the? Was he? Was he with you guys at that point? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see you behind me. Yeah, you decided to be in a different group because I went in and sat down for the seminar. I didn't realize we were going to get freaking segregated. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, we were the best group. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we got we got the official sculpture. Right. Should have been vet hoist. Uh, <laughs> so if you saw the keynote, you can see we're getting veteran who's got a lovely leg brace. We saw we literally saw Russ sculpt yeah. veteran like. He was on the computer to the right of us. It was very hard to concentrate during the fluff. I was going to say, I felt bad. I was so busy watching the sculpting going on. I put a small video up on our page if you want to check it out. Not yeah. a great one, but a small one. Sculpt looks lovely. It's it's honour with a leg brace and a whistle. And She's got a hammer. Right. And that which changed, actually. So his initial sculpt had her with the whistle like in her mouth, like flowing. No, no, I think it was initially. Wasn't it just her fingers in her mouth? No, no, he, oh, had, a, he had a whistle. And then when we got to the next seminar people are talking about her background and stuff and like what makes honour honour and people are like oh there was that yeah. pose when she was pointing and stuff it was like oh he sort of masked it up Zed brushed it bosh so now she's a little bit more like the so limited edition honour skull the yeah the skull. KS one original the good honour skull yeah, exactly. not, yeah not, the good not dancing queen honour yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays <laughs> so, so. <laughs> John I just have a casual little duet but I'd be interested to see how many of like what was discussed in rules stuff, which wasn't massive. We're hoping for a sheepdog. Hoping for a whether sheepdog. it's a mascot, whether it's like a BPM thing. Did he want a Jack? I want a collie. I want a collie. I can't remember what. No, what? What did he want? He wanted like a shit zoo. It wasn't a shit. Zoo. No, it was. No, it, someone said old English sheepdog. That was suggested. Did he want yeah. a Jack Russell? A Dulux dog, as it was. No, I don't think Jack Russell was ever. Suggested I think. He, yeah. I, well, Russell, I were talking about dogs. I hope we get a Sean? Dulux puppy. That's an old English right. sheepdog. But then, so the discussion well, was: Would there be a dog on Honor's base, and she'd be a big base, or would there be a separate dog? And okay. then I think it moved to separate dog. Yeah, because I was I- like, oh, maybe like a brain pan memory or average and greed yeah. style thing. Not exactly like and that. And the idea was the dog would run out and do things that Honor couldn't do because really she can't stand. run. Yeah. yeah, nipping at the heels was the like. It would go up and touch their base, like or you get over <laughs> there and stuff. But that was the idea, wasn't it? That, we, that Dan was talking about was the idea that Honor's mechanic would be moving harvest markers. Yes, because which I like. Sherman had said the idea of harvest markers weren't they weren't a literal marker, but it was they were defending a piece of ground. Yeah, they, like 
so it would be like, like ecking out that bit of the field yeah stop defending that little bit Honor would be like hey you get over there and defend that little bit so that was quite you know it'd be interesting to see how much of that plays as we've seen with Skulk the, the design changes quite of course yeah. like they've got to do the job as you long as you have make it usable. a play <laughs> or a trait or something called Gumba what? Gumba 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 I'm lost. Have you never watched like One Man and His Dog? I can honestly say I fucking have. <laughs> Just lost them. Never mind it. We'll, we'll cut that bit. <laughs> then, no, no, I'm leaving no, that in. You know the moron, I'm leaving it. No, Dan, Dan's on board. It's you. T- we, look, equal parts morons. We know you don't know. There we go. Well, either way, I ain't in the moron. Are you Googling so I'm fine. No, I'm putting a timestamp to remind myself not <laughs> to re-edit it. I genuinely thought you might be Googling the word come back. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. And that leads us to the Saturday night, which is... Wasn't it the Friday night? Yeah, you skipped Friday night. Well, skipped. Not, if we've gone to veteran design, we're definitely on Saturday. Well, Matt did jump ahead. Yeah, someone was super keen, but forgot about the amazing Friday night. Yeah. Oh, with Grant and Callie? Yes. Grant's so, Grant and amazing Callie. D&D. So Grant and Callie are the Art of War guys. Art of War Studios, I think yeah, it is. Art um, War for, who make some brilliant tokens and stuff for Guild Ball and Affinity and a load of yeah, other stuff. All the stuff's lovely. Yeah, all of the games, all and of the tokens... I think it was about 10 o'clock, maybe 9, 10 o'clock. Half 10. Grant was, Grant was doing the rounds and saying, I'm going to be running a, a D&D uh, no, no. session, guys. We walked past at half past, and on the table, it had a big A3 poster that said, D&D session, 11, uh, 10.45. And as we walked past, we were like, that would be fun. So, to That's clarify, you were actually drunk at this point, and Grant did come and talk to us beforehand. We weren't drunk. We, we weren't were, drunk. I, we were I like, had a nice chat with Grant Kelly. We had a few libations. Over. I think you might have been playing us out, but they were chatting with us. So, when you said we walked by later, that, in my, for my part, was deliberate, because I was going to play it. My memory but then of you the guys were coming. easy, so <laughs> yeah, I'll exactly. take a word for it. You guys were coming with me going, holding your body. Now that does sound like Yeah, I'd raise your record something to that effect. So we went up and said, oh, is it, are we doing this? Is it okay? And they're like, yeah, great cards. Let's sit down. It's like, you need a character. You need your card. So. I remember that. Yeah. So we sat down and then suddenly, I think another five people appeared from nowhere like hey can we play it was like yay yeah. quite a lot of people going on. yeah and um, so everyone whacked the characters down whacked the cards down Grant started to draw a little uh, room on the map if you look on our page there's a little video of us starting oh yeah there is yeah um, yeah, it was it was just really fun. That's before it escalated. <laughs> before <laughs> before some All members devolved. of the party started beating up on their own party I, I didn't do that no you didn't I accidentally knocked Barry down yeah, but he was trying to. He was trying, was trying to help. Unexpected arrival so up the corridor. Yeah, yeah, you trying to bounce him down the corridor. But I was trying to help. So Matt decided to play pint pot quite method. Yeah, I was method acting. So every time he was allowed to spend a beer token, Matt downed a vodka Red Bull, a double vodka Red Bull, all the nearest drink to hand. Correct. Whether it was mine or not, and often it was John's because I'd run out. No, you got one. After that, I I, one. after that, I learned to put them on my right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. But. I think there's definitely going to be some videos floating around of you two absolutely fucked, rolling dice and going bonkers playing this game. Because we were absolutely smashing it. I'll be honest, it was an amazing night. It we was had a fun. lot of fun. Great. And I checked with uh, with Grant, and we weren't disruptive, we were a lot of fun. So, yeah. When I came in on the Saturday, I did come in and Words was like, cheap. I hope we didn't fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, I did the same with the And he was like, no, we really enjoyed it. I was like, good, thanks. And then walked away because I was like, there could be a button in that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting out before that comes in. <laughs> I mean, so I actually did try and play the game. Why? Like, Colossus pushes people around. That's what I was doing. I stood off who was next. 
Do you remember the uh, the, th- the theme? What, where we were? What building we were in? There, there was there four was Mechanica that were on the stage. Some, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. some rich dude involved in some sort of plot. There was beer in a basement at the end. Yeah, Matt uh, spent two turns on the floor of licking the licking, licking the, the floor. bit. The, beer, the, the floor flooded with beer. I had to get it up, or it would cause it water method. damage, Barry. Yeah, method. But there was water. the four Mechanica that lost beer their damage. minds. They all started fighting us. Something, something happened. Mercury ended up fire blasting everyone. Yeah. That wasn't very good. Everyone got set on fire. Cena ran through the wall. Correct. Yeah, a, he did body check a wall. At a like, mechanica that was pissing beer. And <laughs> then Avarice and Greed ran off. And Avarice punched someone. And it was all crazy. I was running around, unexpected arrival and singling out people. Basically, I was playing Let's Set Up the Pussy. And... Russ. To clarify, Russ was playing scum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to clarify. I just want to clarify that John wasn't just being heinous. <laughs> it was good fun because me and Russ's characters was basically like the tag team of Colossus, the giant mechanical spider, and the putty cat. Yeah. And <laughs> I would charge something, knock down, single out, and I'd be like, go Russ, go! And then the cat charges like, the mementos damage for days. <laughs> it was funny. That was the team. He was rapping like three times on most of his charges. <laughs> It was hilarious, but yeah, it was good. And I'm yeah, I'm glad that you guys were okay the next day. Matt, admittedly, did have to have a bit of a nap I had on a the sofa. Nap. It was only like an hour. I laid in. Yeah, got in at eleven, eleven thirty. Yeah, we'd been in about two and a half hours by the time you arrived. Yeah, I was. We'd been to a seminar. Yeah, I was too throaty. It was good. Walked in seminar. Everyone's like, "How are you alive?" <laughs> I'm fine. Nice little snooze. It was good. Bit of a kip. Yeah. Yeah, I did have an hour power up. I felt so much better. That was when I came into the design, actually. You guys were yeah. just kicking off. I really enjoyed that design seminar. Well, all the seminars on Saturday, because we did the four in the row, wasn't it? It was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I bailed after three because it was just a bit, it was going, there was just, it was too much. I was starving by that point. So I just thought, I got to the end of the third one. I thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock off and get some chicken. Where did it progress from there? Last one was game design. Mm. Did I come to that one? Yeah, with Alex. And DC. That one was hilarious. And Steve, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Apologies if you're listening. Apologies, Steve, not Steve. You really think there's someone listening going, but I'm not Steve. Well, we ended up trying. Well, to... no, because he's the third person that was taking the design. Though. Yeah, that's a good point, fair enough. But that was the one where we ended up trying to design a game with a hamster in zero gravity going yeah. through tubes. Yeah, that. That's I when... can't think of why is this not a thing. What? Why? Well, that's it, pretty then. much what Alex said as well. Actually, he yeah. was super keen for the idea of hamsters running through tubes. Zero G hamsters sounds fucking brilliant. Yeah, well, I'm in a different demographic. Somebody write a letter. I really like write a letter. That. Somebody start quick. I really liked our idea. I'll be honest. Was your the the, the dungeon te- dungeon crawler meets tower defense reverse the two v two thing? I really liked it. There was just a lot of things I going on that someone I didn't understand. Yeah, keynote though. Yeah, let's get stuck into the keynote. Follows well, the, the key- next question as well, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> what made us fanboy the most? Or oh. well, the keynote was fantastic. So just before the keynote kicked off, I rushed to the toilet and then dashed back to my bag. To get my notebook and pen, and when I sat That's down, that unnecessary detail. Sure, um, and then I, I came in thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be sat in the back. I'm not going to see anything because I'm sure I'm going to see fuck all. It's going to be tall people in front of me, and tall people are the worst." Um, and I, ca- I, I came in, and then D- Dyson and Barry got their hands up and they saved me a seat, which is very kind of them. You had saved him a seat, and then I sat down with my notebook, got my notebook and pen out, and sat down ready to take notes. And Barry just leans in and goes. I have never wanted you more. <laughs> I can confirm I did say that. That's exactly what he said. He was there, ready, prepped with notepad and pen. Me and Dad came in a little bit later. We spied that a lot of the good seats had been taken, so decided to dive to the side where there was a screen set up and we were about 
two feet away from one of the TVs. Mm. So we had a yeah, perfect yeah. view of one of the TVs, which was great. <clears throat> Ideal. Um, so there was a sh- there was so much, like a shit so time went on. Stuff. I've got ten pages on a little A3 book. Uh, A3, A5, ten pages. To clarify, I wasn't sitting there with like a freaking sketch pad. Just Recording some trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, should we run through all of it, but like go through some of it quicker than others because some sure. of it can be glossed over? Yeah, I mean, mention it, and if it's uh, something noteworthy of talking yeah. about, PS, the card game isn't. Um, but Rude. Just rude, man. Okay, you can play it. Anyway, so the first thing up was the new alternate Bolt pose. So I think Bolt oh. in the Blacksmith 2 is the only model in the entire... <laughs> Blacksmith's team that I'm not that I don't look at and go that's fantastic and it's, it's not the worst sculpt in the two boxes yeah it's not the mo- it's not the sculpt himself it's his pose I don't like the he's six foot in the air his legs are fully akimbo front and back double pegged and yeah double pegged and what's he jumping over nothing I just don't like the pose however Alt Bolt doing the Bolt of Usain Bolt is brilliant and he's going to be metal. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, to clarify, that was shown at the same time as the Alt Millstone. Which yeah, we've seen, seen that already. Previous yeah, I know, but I'm Yawn. just stressing for people that <laughs> might not have seen it. Yeah, so it's going to be, if you pre-order Mastercrafted Arsenal, the from second your Black, for your, yet from your local gaming store, you will receive, for the price of around eight, eight quid, pounds. we think, um, the alternate Bolt Pulse, where he's doing the, you say Bolt, Bolt. But I did <laughs> ask the question in the Q&A section about the fact that we've just walked in and bought everything so I don't need to buy them again. Am I going to be able to get it? And they did say yes. At some point down the road, you, you might will take be a able to get it. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take vents like or something. Locker room, maybe. Exactly. It'll be con next year or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So then we had Steamcon 2018. It's going to be Farmers Honor, Vet Honor with dogs. Probably that was revealed. The model that Ross had sculpted in the period of like 24 hours, and, and he did it effectively in about an hour. Really. Yeah, and then really made it better. Then it was just for with another hour, yeah. yeah. And it looked gorgeous. Um, and then it went into Union of Chains, where oh, so over the uh, over the weekend, or rather in the run up to SteamCon, obviously people could submit their games to the Union of Chains forum and help to fight to get a certain union member for their team. At SteamCon, you got to report games that you played in favour of one or the other players for one of the other guilds. After the public ones of the forum had been locked, uh, so yeah, it was they... us that was influencing the last vote, which was very cool. Exactly, and. The Butchers players went to town. I believe I saw uh, from Paul Waters that a third of all votes at SteamCon were Butchers votes. Yeah. Over, they got over 200 votes. It was bonkers. In three days. They <laughs> pulled it out. Yeah. So Gutter ended up going to the Butchers. So mm. they are getting Butchers killed. I must own up that I jumped ship from the Alks and did register my games for Engineers. Yes, Because I prefer that model. Yeah, oh, did. and that was interesting. When we were talking to Russ, he was saying no one's really shouted out yet, said Russ, that the Harriet versions were actually a girl cosplaying Midas and a girl cosplaying actual Harry the Hat. Yeah. And I suppose I thought... Oh, I thought... John, John, sorry, John's looking confused as well. Like, he's just... Uh, was it? Re- re- yeah. yeah. If you look at the yeah. stops, the alchemist uh, Harriet the Hat has got Midas's waistcoat the same vials that Morris has got. Yeah. But oh. obviously with and calculus's, calculus's poison gun. Uh, yeah, sure. Gun. And then the engineer's one, it looks exactly the same as Harry. 
Got the wrench. Yeah. Except she hasn't worked out a car. Yeah, well, well played. One for you. But yeah, Rusted, that was a specific, like, in his head, she was cosplaying those characters. So, so like, like fangirls. Oh. Well done, Russ. Yeah, it's cool. That's very cool. cool. But yeah, I put I registered my votes for that. I think I actually registered one for fish because Sam asked me to. <laughs> yeah, he was sat so friend of the show Sam Page all weekend was trying to get us to report our games for fish, and we were like, no, we want like elks or butchers or <laughs> mace or um, brewers. I can't remember what I did. I didn't play many yeah, games. No. I remember to report, which was it was, it's not for you. John. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. I did John. play some. No, but the reporting thing and yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that is a fluff thing. Yeah. We should also mention that the, to- the token system was bonkers generous, I thought. Like, if they you won, have you to drive two. up the prize. Yeah. Yeah. No, they brought them down for someone, brought them up well, for it, others. If you won your game, you got the two tokens. If yeah. you played and lost your game, you got one token. And then you could trade those tokens in for things. Yeah. And it was really, I thought it was really generous. Like it, the models, the cards, boxes, dice, patches, mugs. Loads of stuff. It was bonkers. Oh, there, was two, there was two gits sitting at the table playing shadow games the entire first day. And they walked away. Because Shadow Games were waited the same as normal games Guild Ball. Yeah. Apart from they're done in 10 you played minutes. Two games of, you played two games of Shadow Games. Well, then I saw them, end of the first day, kick off on like five boxes each. And I was like, you, you are getting it raised for everyone else. Yeah, it wasn't fair. Well, they, they, um, they ended up changing the Shadow Games rules after that, but it's a shame they had the idiots break them. Someone played the system. They played the system. I don't, I don't like it, but they did. Whoever it was, if you listen, you're a donkey. Pray, do not care for you. Pray continue, Matthew. Well, yeah, so um, it was uh, predictably with <laughs> more than double the number of games reported for them than the Masons, the Brewers got decimate. Come home, decimate, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I, the, uh, so the fluff for decimate came out, I think, a day ago. We're recording this on Thursday night, and we got the gutter going to Butcher's Fluff today, which I haven't read yet. Um, so decimate's going to Brewers, which is a gorgeous Um and then obviously Nobulus gets um, Hemlock and is giving minks to the hunters. That stayed the same. But I, I'm really looking forward to when we're going to get these. And we know we're not going to get them anytime soon. Gen was the yeah, yeah, yes, the thingy. That was what was. I like something. I, there was definitely people in the keynote who were like, "Well, why, why can't I have it now?" It's like, well, that's not because how things they, work because they haven't play tested any of these models. They haven't come up with necessarily rules for a lot of them. Probably yeah. takes a while to produce them. Be patient. The, but, the first one was when they were referencing the game design seminar. They were like, "Yeah, did you guys not we were the seminar the, earlier? The seminar, yeah." And it's like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "We want our toys now." The guy's like, "Months of trial." It's like, <laughs> "We can't give you something that won't work." They'll be on a boat from China for three months. <laughs> yeah, that was another one that was so fast. But um, the Obulus and his sort of letter to the community, his open letter through the fourth wall, where he basically said, "No, I've got, I've got plans," and Hemlock's part of those plans. We learned what those plans are. Yeah, that was very cool. And those plans are no more union. No, the, I believe the church is taking I mean, down the union yeah. system. So the church is taking out the union. Obviously, he's looking to reinstate what is fundamentally the union. Yeah, he's trying to subvert the plans. So we're getting <laughs> something called. Even he doesn't know the background. Join the club, mate. <laughs> um, we're getting something called minor guilds. Yeah. And the way I believe there is some confusion in the community by the sound scene of uh, words. The uh, Gubs posts I've seen yeah. Yeah. Uh, flying around. So why don't you break it down for a second? So how they work. when we get the minor guilds, yeah. I believe we're looking uh, at a plastic box of six, much like the farmers and the blacksmiths. Yeah. Within those six, you'll have six rat catchers, like a normal team. Uh, two of those rat catcher models 
we'll be able to play four models. We've had them spoiled as Skulk, which was the Steam car model that everyone got in their box, and Pelage, which was the lovely lady covered in rats. The low-class prostitute. <laughs> She's or literally that. described as a low-class prostitute. Yeah. We checked with Charlie. And then two of the <laughs> morts uh, are able to play for the rat catchers. These are specific morts that will be shown on the rat catchers card, and they are Bonesaw and Bet Graves. So when the rat catch is released, they will have eight models as their minor guild that they can play competitively. Yeah, that's their roster. Oh, that's cool. To clarify, clarify, that is how the minor yeah. guilds are going to work. I've seen on Guild Wars Sports as well, there was a lot of confusion. And Barry had to explain it to me in the car on the way home. Yeah. I had it confused. It's, it's just because you weren't paying attention. Sculpts look fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw Pelage and Scourge. In addition Scourge. to Skulk. Obviously. Yeah, obviously we've seen Skulk. And there will be another Skulk in the box. Yeah. Different yeah. to this one. So, they've said there are going to be ten minor guilds. This is one for every major guild. Some will be exempt. We don't know exactly which ones, although we can guess. There is one guild that will not be getting minor guild. Presumably Union? I would assume so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that seems very likely. And, yeah, they look like they're going to be a lot of fun. So, the Rat Catchers are the Mortician's minor guild. They've got... They're sort of new mechanic that they're bringing to the table they've got twofold really they've got a new mechanic in dilemma <coughs> control or dilemma control however you want to say it which is some of their abilities trigger and rather than you picking an effect for that ability you basically give your opponent the choice of what they can choose is going to happen so there might be two or three choices so I've done this ability here are two or three things that can happen which do you want and it kind of forces your opponent to go, okay, now which of these is going to affect me most now or what effect what I'm going to do? Is that kind of my own yeah, right line? Yeah, I mean, there was, there's a similar effect that happened that from Magic the Gathering, which, which is why I'm reluctant to like this effect because I feel that as soon as you give your opponent the choice of something, you're removing your tactical advantage from it. Him and Dyson, or Dan, sorry, I'm pointing at him, Dan and Dyson said exactly the same thing. So... But there are the fringe cases that me and Dana spoke about where this is very good and I like it. It all depends. So, for example, there could be something that you target someone and they will either kick the ball or drop the ball. That's yeah. their choice. If they've already activated, they're dropping the ball, they can't snap it too. What's going to happen with that? That could be quite a cool little, like that could be quite a cool thing. If you're forcing them to make a kick, yeah, like what well, that that could be interesting. But I think giving the opponent the choice is always going to be a downfall. But it depends on the strength of that choice. But yeah. bear in mind, we haven't seen any. It could be very It depends how redundant the choice is. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing I really like the idea of is in, if it, in competitive play, you could be like, I'm doing this, your choice, clock, and then wait for them to decide what they want to do. I thought you'd love that. Well, I, that also came to my mind as just like a technical nightmare. Because yeah. Because the, the games that I played at the last chance qualifier, the game get round two and round three both clocked out. And I found, I found clocking out the most awkward situation because... People, when they're under pressure, forget to remind you of things. So when they're hitting the clock, they'll just go, they'll move a model and hit it. Now, in my book, you need to tell me what you've done to be able to tell me what the turn is. So if you then get a uh, rat catchers player that's clocking out and they move a model and say they're doing something, but don't say they're doing something, put the clock on me, I will be very annoyed if it's on my clock and you've not told me if I need to give you a choice yet. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how it works and see how it plays out. But... I'm looking forward to seeing the mechanic more when the choices are spoiled so I can start making decisions whether or not I think they're strong. Absolutely. We'll see that sometime down the line. But as Dan said, I like them on the idea of putting them on a mundane target. For example, if it's in the middle of a scrum, it can be very, very difficult if it's like forcing someone to attack or jog or something like that. That, that. That's all very different. But if it's against a lone striker on the wing, that could... Uh, 
be very effective against uh, targeting is on its own. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I do think, because they are minor guilds, that these guilds will have less options and you shouldn't see them at the same... Not necessarily that they're any less competitive, but... Well, no, Matt Hart said that they're all going to be released and... Competitive. But yeah. you are still... I think you will be taking a hit choosing to play a minor guild because you physically have a smaller roster than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. we know That's that it. roster changes, the roster sizes are changing. Yeah. Sorry, we expect. But yeah. even then, even if roster sizes do drop down to eight, yeah, the major guild will still have twelve models to. Yes, you're right, absolutely. But Dan, your your feeling is that roster size isn't dropping, but is going to in fact expand. That's your gut feeling, isn't it? That would be my gut feeling. So it's like all the models in your guild, twelve what twelve models, whatever you can pick from. That would make sense to me for a. It's interesting. I mean, I'm, I can't wait. But keep going. The next, the next. Well, the um, other, the other, their other thing that they have is the, the disease condition, yeah. which just sounds like a pain in the ass and can get out of control if you're not on top of it. Which is um, when I believe the I believe the rat catchers do it as a result of a play or something, we as opposed to or are they don't always know yet how they're going to. We have not it? seen a model that inflicts disease okay. condition yet. Well, how it works is it costs an additional momentum point to do um, take a breather or come on, mate. If, uh, if you're suffering the disease, disease condition and um, when uh, you end your activation any friendly models within two inches of you also take the disease condition yeah so it starts spreading it spreads and it spirals yeah. as, as it should do which so, is cool uh, yeah we'll see how that how that it affects them this is probably a prime opportunity to talk about one of the questions that came through on the Facebook group as well about the uh, minor guilds yes we have to make the choice or guess. I think yeah. Was. So Paul Paul Waters said. Um, so just as his question to the show was, what do you feel the minor guild for your chosen guild will be? And maybe guess a few of the other major minor pairings, and then he wants to see how close we each get. So I'm gonna have to probably take a record of these. Oh, yeah. he's got the pen and the notebook. You know, I love it when you get the pen and the notebook. John, care to start us off? Hmm. So I'm. Everyone's going along, the, like looking at Guild supporters again all through this week. It's been very interesting to watch people guess because everyone's saying that people are following like the same line as what they're doing, like uh, with their Mason's Guild's going to be another building thing, yeah, or something like that. But morticians and rat catchers, it's a tenuous link. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. So with the engineers, it could be anyone. Mm. So. I think it could be something as far distant as uh, engineers build things. It could be someone that supplies them with materials. It could be absolutely anything. Like a woodcutter's guild or something. Yeah. <laughs> like they just give you the lumberjacks. Lumberjack guild. But I'm going to go with something that I've always wanted to see anyway, which is I'm going to go with the jewellers. Jewellers? Okay. It was between jewellers. I said jewellers or... Um, I think we spoke in the car and you said clockmakers. Mm. And I really liked that as an idea. Jewellers, clockmakers, they're going to be like the finesse construction where engineers will be like... I'm building guns and crossbows and flamethrowers and Mechanica. These guys are very building intricate, small things. Meticulous. Yeah, like very detailed, small things. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the two players that come across from the small guild will have uh, some sort of plays that tie in more with Ballista because I'm greedy and that's what I want. I mean, you're moving on to Blacksmiths now. We know this. Uh, Until this comes out and then I'll go back. Uh, Fair enough, yeah. And Harriet. What about you, Baz? What do you think? I do you know I've given it a lot of thought and fun enough for the outs I found it the hardest to come up with things and I, I like John as John and I discussed uh, before like I don't think it's like 
directly related to your guild. I don't think yeah. it passes down like that. The only one I do think like that is fish. Like with the fish, I'm convinced it's gonna be like the Charners Guild, like building the little ships and things. Yeah. Um, but for my Alks, I don't know. I think I don't know. Would this be a way to get the lamplighters in? So like, that's one thing I was thinking. But there's the, maybe the astronomers. It's got to be. I think it's gonna be scientific, but I don't think it's like a direct result of alchemy. Yeah, I know. I think that's fair enough. Well, I've, I've jotted them down anyway, and we'll see how we'll see how close you get. Yeah. But um, the lamplighters, it was just like I thought Mercury could like blast the light on. That was about all. Yeah, I that's think. how you light a lamp. You set yeah. that flamethrower out. Pretty sure that's how it works. Light thing up. Pretty sure. Dan, what about you? I, as I said, they said there were ten minor guilds coming, and yeah. as we know, there are eleven major guilds. There are. I do not believe Union will get a minor guild, and they are your predominant faction. But I believe that they'll probably have the Sorthesian roster expanded to include a mascot and probably another player to boost them up to eighteen. Where is what I'm assuming the point they will sit at. Okay. Well, how about farmers? Because they're your kind of new guild, right? I would say lumberjacks for farmers. Okay, I like that. But isn't the feeling that the church might move to be their minor guild? But I don't think it would work like that because Grace and Benediction are Union models. Okay. Unless you are physically taking those models out of Union. And if you're saying, okay, Brisket, G&B, they're not Union anymore, they're going to be minor guild Southeastian, then I think they can be the church are going to tree into farmers. Okay. But then you've got the odd thing of Mist still has dedicated Southeastian, there'd be nothing in the... Mm. Unless the Southeastian minor guild... Broaches two guilds, which I don't think they will. No. Well, what if all the Southeastians left the Union? Yeah, but there's a, there's a big difference between the fluff, they've left the Union, and then them physically saying you cannot play these models anymore sure. in your faction. Yeah. These models out. that you have bought fluff versus game no game. longer work in the faction you bought them for. Mm. Um, hunters, I would quite like big game hunters, like actual hunter hunters rather than... Mystical spirits. The actual hunters are hunters. They are. I know, but I like. So I like modern say, hunters. Okay, Chaxa with an elephant gun. Uh, uh, when you say modern hunters, I think of some dickhead in a high vis with a yeah. duck, with a duck whistle, <laughs> a dentist, uh, an elephant. Yeah, but duck. I want. I'm just going to write down dentists on lions. <laughs> they're on screening with nature. Scarf is like, yeah, winter, and then Chaxa is like, I've got this covered. Where's the bear? So for the hunters, I was thinking like the. the the, I can always forget about like falconry, like the guys, the guys that train the birds of prey. I quite like that as a minor guild. I'm gonna write harriers, bears. Well, not harriers, fal- falconers. What about your brewers? Uh, well, Dan suggested a great one earlier, which is I can't remember all the vinters. Vinters, which is winemakers, apparently, which I learned. Oh yeah, good. That's a good shout. But to me, that's anonymous. pretty much the, the same thing in the sense that I get the feeling that the brewers guild kind of does wine as well. Yeah, and like we say, I don't. We don't know. I mean, coopers. For making the barrels. Oh, I like that. That was my first thought as soon as that one popped up. But is that too linked? Well, I'm putting okay. that down for you. <laughs> right, you, Everything, Everything here has been recorded, so you are on, on record as having said this. So we can, t- if you go wrong, you've put the most suggestions in, so you're going to be doing the biggest risk, forfeit. Risk or reward. Yeah, exactly. Go big or go home. Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I, I thought of something. Um, I really liked the idea of their minor guild being one of the gangs they control. Um, and it literally being a front, but that is played as a guild. So I literally said it could be a launderer's guild. Right. So it's a guild of washerwomen and men, but they are literally money laundering. I think... I I quite like the idea of a lamplighter's guild, and I think Brewers would be one of the places you can put a lamplighter's guild. Okay. Fair enough. 
the After Dark taverny kind of things. Ooh, After and Dark lamplighters, chimney sweeps, um, street sweepers. Hmm. Well, the other one civil I services. <laughs> the civil services, yeah, with the war works. Well, the other one I had, I just jotted down just as one that I think is kind of maybe too obvious to be the case, but I thought that maybe for the blacksmiths it could be the farriers. Yeah, I, I really don't, like, I'm convinced it's not going to be these straight lines. Yeah, but I, agree. I, I agree, I agree. But I'm minute, just jotting it down as Yeah, exactly, what else could we go on? I mean, frankly, it could be the blacksmiths get the, I don't know, it could be the miners guild, although I think we had it said that the miners... There wouldn't be. So I believe DC doesn't like the idea of a minor miners yeah. guild. That's it. I, I mean, I was thinking for blacksmiths, like, the, the coal merge, like, the... Doesn't have to be miners, but like the guys that bring the coal. Like I'm trying to think of something like a few something to do with fuel. Yeah. Like we'll give you more info. We'll we'll boost you this or boost you that. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm really excited for the mining guilds overall. I think mm-hmm. they're yeah. cool. So I think they're addition. At least new life into Guildhall. Mm-hmm. I was going to say. I, I mean, at the keynote, I found that everyone was putting a negative spin on it. That they were losing their union choice. And I don't think people it. got it. I don't union think is a too. crutch. And no, the no, thing but... I'm really excited <laughs> about is now for union. Because so many of the union choices over the years, all of the nerfs and tweaks that have, and cuddles that have happened to union, yeah. have been because their choices are too good in other factions. That's like a good point. Harry was too good in Alchemist, too good in most factions. Like, Can we now see a slightly higher powered Harry back in union? Oh, interesting, yeah. That's a really good plan. Oh, really good point, sorry. Can we go through the other guilds? Because I like it. Um, Okay. I mean, we're spending all our time on this, Baz, but fine. We've still got the elephant in the room to go. (laughs) Which was the elephant in the room? Now I can't remember what the elephant in the room Um, is. More than Minotaur in the room, surely. Yeah. (laughs) Nice, yes, of course. (laughs) But now I'm with you. (laughs) I was trying to something really witty to Engineers, Alps, Fish, Union. So what we need? We need Butchers. Delicatessen. Delicate, right, love it. Deli Guild. Or the or candlestick the, makers. Or the cheese. Yes, yes. Cheesemongers. Yep. I, gotta have a bit of meat and cheese. It's gotta be something a bit <laughs> gruesome and a bit dark, sure. Well, I said it would literally be the Abattoir Guild. Or the Abattoirs. What's what, <laughs> I don't know. what somebody works or, um, um, the, the animal murders. The animal murders. Or Skinners. Flenser's Guild or something like that. I don't know, yeah. The knife sharpeners. <laughs> What about knackers? A knackers guild. I beg your pardon. Bolt the guns people who break down. They horses. got glue guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sticking you in place. They're the people who turn horses into like mulch and glue <laughs> and all that <laughs> shit. I don't know. We're butchers. It's a tough one. No, I think we've nailed it. It's one of those. Okay. The belongers. The belongers. The belongers. cheesemongers. Yeah. I really want it to be the knackers or the bakers. Yeah, bacon sandwiches. Yeah. Well, let's go to some sandwiches. He's put candlestick bakers, so we, why don't we throw bakers in there? <laughs> just the bakers of the candlestick bakers. <laughs> I mean, this has to happen. They get two minor I mean, games. if they've got a character called Sandwich, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, um, so that's but, uh, Butchers. What else do we need? Masons. Masons, yeah. Yeah, tough tough one, that. Uh, just think of the most boring other guilds you've got, and then we've got, oh, we've got two boring ones. Yeah, there we go, Architects nailed it. Good work. Bankers. How do you spell architect? Because I've just written the word Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> architect, there we go. You, so, it. would quarrymen come under Masons? Like the guys Almost that, definitely. Right. Yeah, Quarriers Guild. Yeah. The demolition team. Oh, I quite like something to do with explosives. Maybe. You just want the expendables in Guild Ball. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> until this moment. <laughs> and now I want it more than anything. <laughs> right, Alain. I quite like the idea of like some sort of demolition guild. I do like that with Not the alchemists. Mason's building it, the people to destroy it. The yeah. alchemists are the one who create city planners. 
city planners. There we go. There's got to be one that's like... Let me get out my green belt. <laughs> Calling it now, their April F- F- Fool's joke is going to be the health and safety officers. Yes, I love it. <laughs> People with clipboards. CSOs. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> They're all going in high vis jackets. <laughs> Crash hats going, no. Uh, put, put the sword down. So, who else haven't we had? Mine, fish. Mine, no, we've fish. Oh, fish. Chandlers, I like that. Yeah, farmers, we haven't actually... Yeah, we have. Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Oh, you've got lumberjacks. You're not paying attention. You're like those people in the fucking keynote. Just going, oh, what was we said about that? What we fucking covered it? Is Sherwin writing more fluff? Yes! <laughs> yeah, that was the best reason. Like, Sherwin, are you going to write more fluff? Just stands up. Yes. And then goes and sits back to And then three questions later, someone then says, but are we going to get the fluff about it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, what are the other time we've done? I'm trying to figure out. Well, someone get the list of guilds up because we've Morts, got Morts. We haven't got Morts. But we've not written it down. Morts, Brewers, Butchers, Masons, Fish, Alchemists, Engineers, Union, Hunters, Farmers, Blacksmiths. Yeah, we've done it. Right, smashed it. Good work, team. Moving on. Uh, we got a bit about the rules previews. Uh, they discussed the pitch formations that I think most people have forgotten about. Um, you deploy funny yeah the weird deployments yeah. and cage ball and shit like that basically they said pitch formations and guild identities people like them we like them we're going to do something with them something's going to be done with them yeah guild identities could be becoming a thing yeah. I'm, I think Dan is probably going to as well but we're going to a tournament run by Will Hoff at the Missing Geek in Stains on the second come and have a go if you think you're hard enough one yes think. and I'm pretty sure I'm hard enough <laughs> I mean there are still eight spots left so yeah. please come and support that if you're there I think it's only like a tenner and it should be, should be good fun to use the uh, the guild identity cards I'm learning to paint sorry yeah, yeah you're, you're both on the paint we're course. on an airbrush course I'm debating yeah. whether I'm going to roll people over with fresh or not yeah do it that's what I said <laughs> I still love the hunter's gig mate yeah yeah. I, I um, don't want to come up against Dan playing the hunter's gig and all my brewers just like well we're going nowhere are we so this is completely out of sequence but the hunter's thing's triggered me veteran minx yeah we should mention, in one of the fluff discussions with the Hunters, yeah. it came up that veteran Minx, uh, if we looked closely at her model, Sherman said no one's noticed something on the model. So they And everyone was like, yeah, just stopped listening to him and instantly looked on their phones. <coughs> and it became evident that her new weapon, named the Lunar Glaive, well, she's named the Lunar Glaive. I th- no, well, I, I, when I spoke to Mayo, I got the impression that the weapon was the Lunar Glaive. But she's called Minx, the Lunar Glaive. She so might be because happen. of the weapon. Fair enough. Um, but the idea being that that was the Sun Spear. That's the Lunar Glaive, the Moon. So I think it was Rick came up with the idea of is she like the Eclipse? And Ooh. I quite liked that. I like that. So I wanted to shout out to Rick because I quite liked that play. Because she's got, she's basically got Hearn's old spear. Yeah, the Sun. Like, he was the scion of the but with, thump, a, with the a, sun. a with a big scythe thing on the other end of it. Yeah. And yes, we think, could she be the new Herald of the Sun Father? Well, not if, well, I don't think so, because she's Sun and Moon and Lunar Glaive, so she's a mix. But at any point has she been of the Moon? No. Well, th- um, Sherwin said, uh, okay. everyone goes to the Moon. Well, no, they don't. There's only like a few dozen people have ever been there. Every Scion goes <laughs> to the Moon, is what the fucking clangers now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I want to hear the Super Dragon. <laughs> He said specifically every scion goes to the moon. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you got to make your point about Vetminx <laughs> first because it is a really good point, and I, re- I I'm really excited by Vetminx, and it's one of the most gorgeous models in the whole global range that we've seen. Obviously, we've only seen the render, but I want to see it from the side actually. Yeah, you can't really yeah, see you what do. her um, 
main hand weapons. No. It looks like a little sickle. It's a thing. sickle, but you can only see, like, you can see it's definitely a sickle, but you don't know any dimensions or. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it could be six foot long. Could be. Literally could be. Um, and what else do we have? I'm just going to, I'm going to keep dragging us back on track because otherwise we're going to get sidetracked. We're still on page two of my ten pages. Luckily we can Fucking skip through a lot of it. Um, and then we have the changes. Are we still recording good? Yeah. We've got the changes to, or the hinted changes to the 2018 competitive document. Yes, this is interesting. Which yes. is, we have had it confirmed we're getting new book <coughs> cards. Yep. Which will also bring a new initiative mechanic. Yeah, and there will be sort of you play one at the top of the turn and they take a, a effect at different points. Essentially, they said people forgetting to play block cards. 100%. 100% always. Do it all the time. I can't remember the last time I played man marking and I play exclusively fighter guilds. Um, I had it in both games of the World Qualifier yep. and forgot both times I killed the captain. So now it seems like the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to play a block card, which is probably going to have some sort of effect during the turn. And, and different block cards have different initiative values. Yes, which I don't know. If that, we don't know if that's going to be a plus or whether that's just going to be your initiative value. Yeah. Whether there's still a dice roll involved. Well, this is it. There could be minus, like lots of yeah. things. Like knee slider, knee you're slider. not going first. Mm. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Knee slider minus <laughs> minus ten. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're knee sliding, you are waiting. And then the opponent gets two This, this is this yeah. is where Dan gets minus ten knee slides with rage still beats him. Like, yeah. Um. But, and then after that, I think Steamforge mentioned about their whole new um, their new site. So they've got their new building, which yeah. is where they're going to be. Uh, they're going to have a nice, big, dedicated gaming space as well. Which is uh, very interesting could, for later. Yeah, could potentially be holding 128 man tournaments there. They said. They did and say. Oh, did that? I, they're going to do. They yeah, yeah, they're going to be holding play testing for, for various NDA things. NDA days, which sound fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> NDA days. Sign me the fuck up. I was going to say, I will sign that document. Also, whatever you put in front of me. And then one thing they did also mention that we we touched on already is the rookie leagues. So they brought in a band discussing about the rookie leagues. But what they showed us was he mashed. <laughs> and Barry was really proud of it coming up. I was actually genuinely. So I, proud I have of coined the term he mash because he looks like he man. Oh, okay. And it's mash. He is a rookie sculpt of mash before he is the large paddle wielding <laughs> Esther's loving. Well, he might be Esther's loving at this point, it's and true. he's definitely wielding a paddle. But he's it's a, it's a, it's a one inch paddle though, rather. Than a yeah, paddle. it's a small paddle. He's got his he's got his baby paddle. Out. He's not daddy's not gonna got the big paddle yet. Um, but that, that he's was... got a little paddle and a broken bottle, and he is hench as hell, and he still has no eyes or nose. But no, that was interesting. Rookie models would be fun. The rookie models was that before or after they had the discussion about the UPVC release of plastic teams. Uh, well, thanks, Matt, John, for jumping ahead. <laughs> judging from Matt's notebook, I'd say it was before. Yeah, John. Let I me just turn the page. thought the fish discussion came up before the He-Man discussion. I thought he just lost his shit for He-Man. What? Well, uh, He-Mash? Fuck's sake. We're not stopping this. I would really like... Is that what you're doing? <laughs> and I would really like a, a scum, which is Bowcat. Like a massive scum oh, yeah. that he mash can ride. I don't know how like we make that happen, but I want it to happen. Well, 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 Ross has expressed an interest in coming onto the podcast, so maybe when when he comes on the podcast, we can basically harangue him into designing us a giant scum that mash can ride. I would buy that model. Maybe he'll just. I think do we. I think we came to the conclusion after the keynote that we are what they really like. Whatever they what, release, morons that buy everything. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Whatever they release, we go. I'll have two. Please. Yeah, all of them, please. <laughs> yeah, all of them, please. Um, 
Yeah, so that, that, that's just really freaking good. But uh, they they touched on things like, um, well, actually, no, we've already got we've already gone through that the new the new rules pack and stuff, which yeah. I think they're going to go sort of look at bringing out for Adepticon potentially, and that could be Adepticon when it gets to a trial. Yeah, but didn't they say that January was going to be the they, they were like watch out soon because there's going to be a release a pre-release of a couple of the rules? No, that's there. different. January was the rookie league pack, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. No one cares. Um, then we got what John was talking about by leaping ahead a couple of points but whatever it's fine I'm over it um, which is the updated or potential for updated season 1 and 2 teams in plastic now we saw the render for the full fish team which I think maybe we looked at it again I think 2 to 3 of the team have very similar near identical sculpts everyone else has a new sculpt which is very obviously different and again all PVC two boxes of six with terrain and balls and goals but what they've said is it's it's not we're doing this we're going to be bringing these out in the next year or two it's would you the community and the further customers everyone is this something you want to see is this something you would buy if you tell us yes we'll probably produce them, this is where the, work. this is the terrible moment that me and Dan looked at each other with the knowledge of we already have the models yeah. nodding saying, yes, we'll probably get them as well. Well, what... You made a good point, Dan. I wish I could speak it again. Yes, please, because our <sighs> listeners don't know what point you made well, in the I didn't car to me. <laughs> as much as I would buy these new sculpts, like, if they bought out that box, I would I would buy it. Hands up. Yeah, obviously. Uh, like, pre-ordered, done. Tomorrow. But I would... As someone who selfishly has all the models, I would much rather they do other things with their time. Yeah. Mm. And it's what is going on the back burner while they redesign eight teams in PVC. Exactly. Which is, what, like nearly 100 models? It's an interesting one, but do you think the time taken to build the sculpts of the models is the time-consuming factor in the building of the sub-guilds? I, it depends if Russ is also doing stuff for four other games. Well, we'll come on to it later on, but there's also... It's not just Russ. Yeah, there are, yeah, there's lots, there are yeah. other... I mean, but, so we, what we're saying, like, Russ yeah. does amazing work, well done, yeah. Russ. But there are still a lot of other sculptors yeah. there. And from the chat, from the other chat today in Tom the God Tier group, mm. he also does some amazing work. Trick. Yeah, which is rightly. So I can't decide. I can't decide which side of the fence I come down on, because... I like buying new things, yeah, unquestionably, but then part of me is like, I still have models I haven't touched since the day they came through the post from the Kickstarter, and, and can I realistically go and buy another team when I've still got that team in the box that I got in the Kickstarter? Let me answer that for you, Barry. Yes, you will. <laughs> and I have a look. There's actually only three models in there that I think look better than the original post. The two sirens? The two sirens and grayscales. Mm. Two sirens yeah, and grayscales gray specifically. I, I liked the kraken. See, oh, I didn't. I preferred the Kickstarter too... kraken. Of the three kraken, kraken sculpts, you mean show kraken? Yeah. Was it, oh, no, was it the one that I painted for. Yeah, show kraken. Yeah, yeah. I think they are. There's no they're, question. They're beautiful. 100. Yeah. They're all beautiful. We'd not. I, no one's arguing that. And I'm, part of me is like wants to be. I don't know. Like sensible about it in my head and be like no I wouldn't but I know for a fact if they put up a Kickstarter tomorrow you'll do it yeah no. I would get by them all my, but oh, sorry, my, my point is look at them in comparison to any other hobby that you play and look at what price you're expecting them to come out at yeah and then would Certainly. you and then would you do that yeah. considering your consider, like even if you were to buy every single team that's still in comparison to a lot of other game systems 
Not a lot. Seven hundred quid. Okay, game systems. Yeah, fair. Could enough. you buy? Could you buy a two full armies for another game system happily? You'd be struggling. Probably not. I think you could. But either way, it's. I it's, think the, the 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 sort of the way Dan put it to me was: if they ask me, would I buy these? If they design them, I'll say no. If they bring them out, I will buy them. I completely get what you're saying, but I honestly think that they have enough time. Sure. Give it from the Scott- give me my union and change models first. Then we'll worry about pissing other teams in PVC. Give me fucking decimate and hemlock and mix. Well, and they're, well, they're, well, they're kind of done. Yeah, I think yeah, they're not. They're not. The models are designed, but they aren't printed. The rules aren't designed. There's yeah, no, that's not, not, that, not being play not, tested. That's, 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 that's not on rubber. Time. That's time. not sculpting people. If they were to, if they were to bring them out, I would buy all of them. Fact. I think it's probably good for the game if they do bring them out as well. Yeah. It'll be funny. If you were to introduce someone yeah. as well, I mean, I think they've got the nail on the head with where the hobby is at the moment. If you were to say to someone... I'd much rather bung £35 worth of pre-assembled plastic in front of someone than a metal butcher student. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, I mean, that, so that, that's where I was going with that. If you were to introduce someone and play test the game as pundit and you were to say, what team would you like to play? Provide them with the models because you've got them all already anyway. And then they were to turn around and be like, oh, I really like the fisherman. How much is it? And you go, 70 quid. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that was a, a confirmed. Well, Presumably, I mean, I'm assuming price. it's the same price as the farmers, possibly slightly less because it's one box. F- from what it looks like, it would be one box. There was only one goal shown, one ball shown. That's a good point. Yeah, oh, no, good point. I it looks like a full that. one by GPPC. Yeah. So I was thinking that it would be around the 50, 55 quid mark. I think I it'd be like 65, 70. Yeah. Okay. Well, irrespective, yeah. if you were to turn around and say to someone, you are going to get at current every single model that they have. But there's one veteran mold that's in that metal blister there. Exactly. Like, that is phenomenal. Phenomenal value. And to be able to to be able to be pull someone into a hobby, to be able to get them into that competitive play for less right. than 100 quid is insane in today's market of, would you like to play a competitive tabletop game? Yeah. It's so, also the bonus of, it's already pre-assembled, you just have to paint it if you want to, which is something they're very much aiming for, I think, because it draws in people who don't necessarily want to be the hobbying part of the hobby and would just like to be playing the games mm-hmm. with pre Well, the OPD it's... SteamCon did not require PVC models to be painted. Yeah, but I thought that was more because they just released Blacksmiths 2 and Farmers 2. Maybe. It would have depended whether that covered the kickoff stuff. Personally, Ooh, as much as I want true. everyone to be able to play, yeah, no, yeah, it didn't cover kickoff the box, did it? Oh, sorry, it did. It, it specifically said your yeah. kickoff stuff doesn't have to be painted. But I suppose that's for new people getting into the game. For me personally, I don't want it to be that you can go to a tournament without your painted models. They don't have to be greatly painted. I, I recognise that not everyone is going to be your angels, your Aldez. Some people are just going to want to get their potato and put red paint on it and squash mm. it into the model. <laughs> Fair enough, crack on. But I would like... It is a hobby, after all. This is, <coughs> to me at least, it's a hobby. There are parts of that yeah. hobby. There is the building, there is the modelling, there is the painting, there is the playing. I would like everyone who plays this game to have a bit of experience or to have made the effort with all the parts of this hobby I accept that I can be in the minority on this fair enough No, that, but for me I would like that to be the case so purely for the competitive side of it I still think <laughs> tournaments or the OPD at least maybe doesn't have to specify if you have painted models or not and then it's down to the person running the tournament well that's very much how the OPD is nowadays yeah, yeah. well I think you've hit the nail on the head though there's only the one exception I would say today is the once a year when they do the community event yeah so for example every tournament throughout the whole country when they're doing it Vengeance for example like everything like that 
painted models, I would say, is a must. But when they're doing the community event of the convention that everyone's going to turn up and play, if they turn around and say, unpainted models are allowed, it's the it's their con, it's their thing, they can turn around and be like, we want everyone to be able to come and enjoy it. I completely understand that part of it. That's what I mean by making it, whoever's yeah. running the event, you decide. Exactly, that's good. Because I don't want to segregate, it was so much segregate people, um, cut people out and you know prevent them from doing what they want. Um, but on, on that point, if I may, I am quite old school. And I'm very much into you should paint your models, you should build your models, you should convert your models. And that's how I am. However, Uh-oh. it has been an absolute joy <laughs> to get those blacksmiths and just go, here's a box. I've opened it, I've taken them out and I'm playing. It, it was an annoyingly refreshing change. <laughs> I enjoyed it as like well. Like you're saying with getting new players into hobby, I believe a big part of Guild Ball as a hobby is the competitive scene. Yes, agreed. And again, I love the idea that you can put a fish box in front of someone. They're like, "This is all I need to play fish," and then, like, literally next weekend, they can go and play a tournament. Yeah, because painting takes a lot of time. Even if you're going to do it to potato standards, yeah, it take it's physically time consuming to do that. Yeah, like if I was to paint twelve models to potato standards, it's going to take me like fucking three nights. Loads of potatoes. Yeah, but think, well, of the mash, red, think of all the mash yeah. you can have. <laughs> Colourful mash would be delicious. <laughs> Taste yeah. the rainbow. But no, I think you're spot on. I mean, one thing I think that, the, that Steamcon has shown to me of all the other tournaments and venues and things I've been to across all the different games, the community is unreal. Like, compared to any yeah. other scene, there was so much, like, camaraderie across the keynote, across everything, that everyone had a good time. I, yeah. We spoke to a lot of strangers. It was good. Yeah. Stranger danger. But it wasn't. It was stranger. No danger. It was great. Everyone was really lovely. Unless that should be on a poster. Unless you spoke to us on Friday night. Oh, we were fucking. There was danger. definitely we were fucking danger. danger. You were the danger. <laughs> <laughs> there is no danger, Barry. We are the danger. <laughs> oh dear. Um, um, oh, shall I run through a few points do. now? These these are ones that we can kind of gloss over and just kind of mention. So, in terms of merchandise, there's more merchandise coming, more chibis and stuff. <coughs> we saw Chibi and Chibi Chibi Anvil and Chibi Grange art. The t-shirts, great. There's gonna yeah, there's gonna be merch in the forms of new t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, they've got lots of new licensing opportunities going on. So they brought out two new or three new kind of departments within Steamforge. They've got the printmaker service for. 3D printing your own stuff. SFG Innovations, which is going to be for publishing and other games and like... There were other in, games that don't necessarily fit within... Yeah, the tradition. It's their yeah. internal guys going, we've come up with a really cool game design idea. It's like, cool, we're going to create it. It'll be, and there's an example of that coming up. And SFG Player, which is their affiliate program, they were saying. Um, so Ghost Patrol is, kind, is the first of those SFG Innovations um, games. Uh, and this is a card game... Um, a really small card game, small box game, can be played in about 40 minutes to an hour, and it's a little sort of, uh, you're um, investigating a haunted house and you're trying to like capture We kept calling it the Scooby-Doo game. game. Because the artwork is very reminiscent of Scooby-Doo, which is something they were hit aiming intentionally. for. Yeah, it's good. Intentionally like that. <laughs> if it wasn't um, And then their other projects, Resident Evil and Dark Souls, have got new stuff coming. Um, obviously, Resident Evil, they'll be sorting out Kickstarter first, but there will be other developments coming down the line. And then, the next thing in my notes is a big circled thing that says new thing <laughs> and that new thing was the main focus of the keynote and John's already mentioned it once just kind of offhandedly just like snuck it in there just slid it under the fence but it was God tier and that is tier T-E-A-R not like just something so super good that is actually at the tier of God it is God tier 
Something that has fallen from the eye of a god. Uh, because that god was sad, or punched in the testicles, and <laughs> fell to earth. I mean, that isn't the background, but sure. <laughs> I'll write like a letter to Sherwin. Yeah, if you could. It's like it's something about nad punching and yeah. stick that in cord. Yeah. So just, yeah, just go, just tuck that in at the end, like the the appendices. Um, so it's their brand new IP. This is something that's been alluded to for about a year. It was mentioned Show last keynote. There you go. Well, the image was. It was beautiful, but yeah, it's. I want all the toys again. It looks amazing. So before well, we get stuck into the yeah. toys, John, I'm going to go through a little bit, or Dan can go through a little so bit of what it is. This probably. On the Sunday, we were signed up for the Secret Squirrel, which was essentially, we'll go into the other bits later, but a large portion of it was seeing a turn of God tier. Yeah. Which yes. is what we guessed it would be, a, a turn of the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, what the words did they use? It was the a, words like, they defined as a legacy miniatures game, yeah. narratively driven, but still aimed at the competitive scene. That's going to be sort of all filled out in the future. It's a classic fantasy um, with their own spin on some of the ideas. It, the models will plan to be pre-assembled PVC, like the blacksmiths and farmers boxes have been. Uh, it's going to uh, focus a lot on the on list building mechanics, yep. which is something Matt Hart has mentioned that he loves and that he's, he thinks is missing from games like Guild Ball at the moment. He wants to bring that back. It's so right. Uh, a roughly sixty-minute playtime for a game, so you'll be able to get a game done in an hour, which is ideal for people at games clubs who don't have necessarily much time in the evenings. Um, You've then it's going to be faction free, so there's not going to be specific factions that you have to choose between. They can only play stuff from those factions. It's going to be based around warbands. You pick a champion, that champion brings his warband of followers or weird creatures or whatever, and that's what you're playing. And those you can mix and match. I think it was probably about three warbands per army, as it were. So well, you pick those three. In that initial box, there's six champions, but we know that I think wasn't it four on four was what they're aiming for. The whenever anyone bought a point of competitive play. It was four champions, 50 god tiers, mm. power points, whatever you want. Yeah, so for purposes I, of upgrades. Yeah. We should make the point that Matthew and I are not pundits. John yes. and Dan are pundits. Yes. And they got to go and see other things. At the special pundit party. So we might be doing more of the talking because they can't say as much. They can't say <laughs> stuff. That's a good point. They we are can guess. aid up the yeah. wazoo. Yeah. Whereas you and I can... Just guess we our heads speculate off. wherever we want, and then yeah. we can look at them and try to read their poker faces. <laughs> yeah, the two ill faces. Good luck. Yeah, I'm actually not going to know if you. I have right. the best poker face at the moment of just <laughs> I'm ill. Yeah, he's, it's going to be really hard because he's only got his eyes half open because he's nearly asleep. <laughs> so I'm not really going to be able to see if, if he's lying or telling the truth. Um, so what the the idea is? So gods died. They shattered into lots of pieces, and those pieces fell to earth and got buried in the earth. And it killed 95% of the population of this world. And then 1,500 years later, the Earth, or world rather, is recovering. And champions, and or these certain people, or other certain people from various races emerge and discover that they can reach these shattered pieces of gods, the god tears, and absorb them and gain mad powers. And those people are the champions. And then lots of people flock to these powerful figures and those become the warbands or the followers of those guys. Um... The, the Minotaur in the room, as was mentioned earlier, is I think he's called Rangosh. Yep, yep. He's called Rangosh, the, um, which I think is a curry. Um, and I mean, he's Rogan Josh for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely calling I'm sorry, I'm calling him Rogan Josh. Um, <laughs> That's I, I, I didn't notice that throughout the whole seminar. I'll be now. honest, it was the first thing I thought when I sat down. I was yes, Baz. 
<laughs> I was Rogan just going, oh, curry. <laughs> yeah, Rogan got Rogan Josh the Minotaur. Uh, <laughs> and he's a big chuffing model. Big Minotaur, massive forward, <laughs> beastly looking dude. He's got a load of crossbow dudes with him. Um, can anyone remember the Dragon King's name? Oh, I missed that one. It's the name I didn't get. I can't. Okay. So tight. Well, he looks beautiful as well. This massive dragony lizard man dude. It's like a dragon king. Nice. He's, he's called the Dragon King. Yeah, but dragon. I can't remember what his actual name name was. I think it was like Shaft or something like something like the, that. There was the wizard with the elemental. Spice. So that was Shale, who's the Earth magician, and this golem thing she summons, or he summons. He summons. Um, and then we've got the Welsh dwarf. You want him to be Welsh. I want him so if he ever gets any like needs any voiceovers for like some sort of introduction video about who he is, he's called Rodri. Uh, Rodri Rodrick, isn't it? No, Rodri Ironheart or Rodri Ironheart or Iron Eater or Iron Breaker, Iron Something. And I want him to be <laughs> Rodri. Rodri from the Valley. So that's what I want him to be. I want him to be Welsh. I'm not the man of a thousand voices. I'm though. not very good at Welsh accent, alright, I did my best. Oh sorry. But yeah, it look it looks gorgeous the models and the artwork that we've seen so are very pretty i'm so happy that they're bringing out the champions at the scale they're bringing out since i've started painting mm. and yeah, you should have a hobby now yeah all of a sudden i don't know how it turned up but literally in the last two months it's been like let's do some hobby but that style of model that's at that scale i've literally been looking online and wanting to buy mm. those scale models so it's coming. That's an instant win anyway. Well, when just because I yeah. like, I, I think that you can do so much with those models, as Angel Herald has showed. There's so much opportunity to be able to do it, and having a, a system where you're having under twenty models or like, like in that band, you just give yourself so much time to commit and actually make them look amazing. Yeah. Right? With your Guildhall teams, Guildhall is probably as again with the community side of it probably one of the highest standards of hobby I've seen across a tournament scene when I go. Okay. Because because of the you have 12 models you to paint. You focus on them. When people turn up, the guy that won the best painted, spoilers for later on, with his diorama. Oh, yeah. That was insane. The smoke machine and stuff like that. Um, all, all of the stuff that was put in that cabinet was amazing. Beautiful. And it, sometimes it lacks when you go to other tournaments that there isn't enough to make a best painted table. The stuff that was in the cabinet was just what people wanted to put in the cabinet. So you had to go and physically ask the people to put it in. If you were walking around the, the rooms, that was all over the rooms. There were so many nice painted models. Mm. And I think the models that the scale of God tier will be able to be amazing. I agree. Mm. I can't they wait to see them in the hands of some people. Talking of the models, we should say that what was shown was the contents of an early access box that we are going to get. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? I was just saying, are we are we bothering to, to mention that? I don't know. But I think it's super important. Yeah, I, I think it's happened. super important. I think one of the big negatives that I had about last SteamCon was that there was no real bonus for actually going to the con apart from obviously taking part in the con. There was nothing exclusive that you could take away and like, this is, look, look I did a thing, look, this is mine. Yeah. Because it was going to be the Amazon Green then that got put on the hall. Oh, well, it was the locker room. Whereas this time... Anyone who is at SteamCon, don't know if it's going to be saying for SteamCon US. It is. It is, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Gets first refusal on the pre-Kickstarter playtesting for God Tier. Yeah. So, when God Tier comes out, the models will be plastic. In this early access box, available to attendees of SteamCon, they will be metal. Correct. First refusal from attendees. First refusal. Still apply. Yes. <laughs> if there are some left over then they will be sold. To the general public, yeah. They do not general know how public. much this is going to be. They are still working it out. Yep. 
they haven't decided fully what's going in the box. Yeah. So the as I understood it from the chats, because I was lucky enough to have a chat with Paul Waters and Rich Loxham um, about this, and so the photos we saw were seventeen champions. Followers. Seven followers, sorry, seventeen followers. Yeah, and six champions. And six, six champions. champions, correct. We there were some blacked out, but two we blacked out. Two, two champions blacked out, and then some followers. Yeah, we they, know they, that they, the other, the ones that are blacked out, we know are elves and orcs. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Well, no, there's in like whatever they're called, whatever they look like, but they're basically elves. Yeah, and orcs. effectively yeah. elves. Yeah, because Rich Jackson said we are trying to keep it in the more traditional classic fantasy sense. Yeah. Um, I heard that they haven't decided what tokens are going in the box because the idea is we are play testing this game, so there isn't any point in spending a lot of money <coughs> on tokens that are kind of good because <laughs> we're going to be scribbling on them, sticking stickers over it. Yeah. The idea, is, as I understood it from Rich Lockson, was we will be playing this game and reporting back on this game using an app called Slack. Something like that, yeah. I think it was cool. What did we yeah, look up? Slack, yeah, yeah, Angel found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every couple of weeks, we report back, and then more information comes out, and they say, right, change that facing of that dice to X. And I'll try. Change it. this attack to that. Change that movement to this. And I mean, I think that's really interesting. And it was good because this was after we'd done the playtesting seminar, which highlighted the attitude you should go into about playtesting. And it was cool to go, we're going to be able to put that into effect. What I will say is when I was uh, talking to Rich Luxon, you could just tell the excitement that he had yeah. coming off him in waves, it, which was really nice. It was infectious. It was, you know, I'm, it's good I'm that looking forward it's good to that it. their passion for this game is that evident. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I can't wait to buy this set. So as I understand it, and I could be wrong on this, but I think that some of the sculpts, not necessarily all of them, but some of them are limited edition sculpts that are in this box. So those models might not reflect... It's yeah. It's it's more that they might have to change the sculpts for PVC because these ones are being produced in metal. We yeah. might get one sculpt, whereas when they make it for PVC, it will be changed. Maybe, but I mean, in our secret squirrel, we saw them in PVC. There was so yeah, but those would have been three D prints. They might well, they might have been yeah. They might well have been yeah. I would I would guess they're three D prints for you know for, mm. for playtesting purposes and for test, uh, taking a look at the model design. Do you guys want to go through your secret squirrel then and the terms and how it worked? Um. Apparently not. Apparently not. Um, yeah. So the the not not the. Well, it, did, you know, not, did you know what I was do it then? Yeah, we, we did. did, but we didn't really get to stuck into a god tier turn. No. So oh, in, sure. In our, I'll briefly say that in our secret scroll one. Well, I mean, we've got more. Do yours, and then I'll add on if we get. To we, it. Okay. Well, we have got more to go through, but it's fine. Well, this is the chunk of what we're talking about. I'll be honest. That's true. The god god, god tier, tier is. We have a very god tier podcast. See, I don't know. I'm, I, I like, I'm really interested in God Tier. I'm still more interested in Guild Ball at this point because Guild Ball I can play. Being facetious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. So we went into our secret scroll. Yep. And it was like phones out your pockets, turn them off, put them on the table. Mm-hmm. I was really excited when they did that and I don't know why it just made me feel like I was being a spy <laughs> it made me feel so important I, was like, oh, I can't tell people things and we had a very quick chat from Matt Hart yep. and then we moved over to a table and there was uh, DC was sitting there and he showed us the Ghost Patrol game Yep. quick look then we moved over to Jamie Perkins who had um, a rough very very rough very early stages of a game called 404 yeah at this point it was 404 board game barely found <laughs> Okay, and it. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Such nerds. It looks great though. I'm really excited for it. So, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you you have an avatar. Yeah. 
And there are... You have three avatars? You have three avatars. Yeah, three avatars. Three, three avatars. avatars. Three avatars. Yeah. And was it was it uh, octagons down on the board? Hexagons. Wasn't it? Was it octagons? No. I, I thought they were hexes. I believe it was hexagons divided into 12. Oh, that's right. Either way... It was shapes with yeah, two sides. Shapes with segments. Two, two sections per side. Let's go with that. Shapes, shapes, shapes with segments. segments. There were polygons. And the idea is you you set up effectively like a network that looks a bit like a blockbusters board. For those yeah. of you old enough to remember, you were you were making blockbusters, Jerry. I was making blockbusters, <laughs> and you can pick those things up, move them around. And the idea is to get from one hex to your home hex. You have cards that affect where the hexes are, and you can blast people. It's like a hacking game. Yeah, yes. and it sounded really interesting. And it's, I. It, it's one of those games where the board is always in flux. Yeah. Like the point. idea is most most of the game is built around all the abilities or part of the game can be relocating different hexes yeah. and moving different parts of the board. It's constantly in motion, and then yeah, it, it looks it looks a lot of fun. It's very fast paced. You play a game in twenty minutes. Jamie Perkins said. Well, the really interesting bit is obviously what you perceive as the game and what we saw. We obviously were in a different group, so we might have a little bit of a different vibe. Sure. But the way that you describe that, then, so the idea was to get from home base to this. That was one scenario, he said. Yeah, it was. So that was one scenario. There was multiple different options. But the really cool thing was like you had a movement characteristic and a program, which is kind of like a movement and an action. And yeah. So an avatar could move onto a hex and then as it's action, rotate that hex, mm. effectively giving yourself more movement. So there was like cool, crafty, sneaky little combos you could do with it. And as they were saying, they were just like, the possibilities were endless. Like everything can bounce off of each other. You can play movements, actions, programs. There was everything going, kicking off. Or you can punch your avatar in the face. Like so, there was, which you can do. Yeah, which was a cool... I think this is indicative of us going first. I don't think they were... No, I absolutely, they... we absolutely... They did say all that. We discussed that. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think Maybe you were probably not paying attention too much because you were so excited for God Tier. I think, Maybe. I think in I your head... I kept looking at the as if it had changed. Yeah, that I is a possibility. We did Ghost Patrol first, which is not up your street because it's mainly aimed at people who probably don't play many other games. fun people. I think it's made more in frankly like you said it is aimed at kids predominantly or people who just want to have a, you know play a short fun game and don't want to necessarily sit down for an hour and a half of Gilmore sure. I think the best way DC described it was it's a board game you could have at the pub club or anything like that yeah. it's in a box that's what like 20 by 30 and it can just sit there and everyone's like oh I could fancy playing Ghost Control crack a game out not have to worry about people bringing models tape measures rulers da 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 it's like, something we play at our club Christmas party it's exactly that sort of game yeah exactly but basically, we, when they when we went on to 404, I did ask a few questions, and Jamie Perkins went through a few of the cool ideas for programs and stuff like that, and they did cover that sort cool. of stuff. But I, I think by that point, you were already looking to. behind you at God Tier, yeah, and you're yeah. probably going, oh, that's, that looks nice. One point I did make, which I quite liked, was... I liked this. Matt Hart liked it. He did like it, which I'm quite pleased with. Um, they had paper dolls, and I asked a question, and these intended to be 28mm minis. And they said, we haven't decided that yet. And Jamie Perkins said, we, I mean, your avatar can be anything. So then I said to Matt Hart, is, have you done this with a view to your print service? Because the idea being, if we can have any model, we could design them, or you could have a whole catalogue of rust-designed arms, legs, bodies, heads, wings, on, weapons. On print lacquer. Yeah, and then we just go, I want a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of that, put it together, bosh, then you print it for us. The subway of miniature games. <laughs> yes. Extra cheese, extra meat. Always toasted. Always. And yeah, he liked that, so that was quite cool. Yeah, I really, I really like that. What he said is, have let's pretend that I said that. <laughs> yeah, so we all that. had to pretend it was his idea. Have you seen the service called Hero Forge? No. I've heard of it. a very similar thing for D&D minis. Oh, really? Where you've got a catalogue of arms, legs, accessories, poses, 
Are you guys reading Sound One? Scientist looking person. His right hand is going to have a book, and his left hand is going to be a like bazooka. <laughs> of course, very who, scientist. Who, who is this guy? I'm going to teach you to explode. But yeah, cool. But then, so then we moved on to God Two. We did. We yeah. We by this point, I think because we were the first group in, they hadn't quite got the timing down, so we didn't get to fully finish the no, time of God Tier. Um, but we did get to see the basic mechanics. Honestly, I thought. I, I, I mean, ours, ours, like you say, we were at the end, and I think they were a lot more streamlined because we got to God Tier by what sounds like a lot quicker than you did. So when we got there, we did see a full turn, and it was basically prep for turn two, which sparked a lot of conversation yeah. of what's going to happen with. I was looking at a lot more from like the competitive side of well, if you do X and Y, then I could do with their scoring system of uh, one point two, three, two, one. And to a certain it works on what is essentially a sway system. Yes, where whenever you do something in game that is worthy of objective points, do a thing. Yeah. You gain objective points, and then that then drains as your opponent counteracts your objective. Yeah. There's like a sliding scale of yeah. I'm winning, you're winning, and there's a point on that moving between the two of you. Yeah. It can never be a draw, functionally. Yeah. Someone always wins the points for the turn. Yeah. And I like it because, so I think the ones we saw, there's a point for a kill, two points for a double kill, yeah, and three points for a triple kill, and those stack. Yeah. So if you get a triple kill, it's a six-point swing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, you remember, is I think that's going to be the thing that gets changed to most of yeah, the playtests. Absolutely. It was a very, very cool mechanic to see that was different from their other things, which was great. But the bits that made me think the most about it was how that then ties in with the winning the rounds. Like, a lot of my questions that I was asking them was, have you thought about situational stuff? So when they played their first turn, Sherman versus Matt, Matt moved, uh, Sherman moved his stuff onto the scoring zone, whatever it was, put a banner down. Matt ran over, squashed down the banner. And it yeah. was very quick into the mix, which is what they said they were going to design, which I very much like. Turn one, get into the action. Remember the, I move my stuff forward, you move your stuff forward. Cool, your go. And it, and it rolls yeah. out. But in doing that, I was one of my points was, you throw turn one to set yourself up to win turn two, two big. Or turn, or turn two and turn three, and then you've and, got those But points. you set yourself up to win turn two with the idea of, you potentially either scrape the turn two or dominate the turn two and get yourself in t- such a position you win turn three because as long as you win turns two and three, you then have to win one of the following turns so you yeah. can throw turn four to win turn five. But Matt was like, this is literally the discussion we need to happen and it's going to be really interesting to see how it evolves. It wouldn't surprise me if the turn system turns round and then the points values are different depending on scenarios. Yeah, the scenario thing it was a really cool idea of the they said growth or evolving or they haven't got the word for it yet but like in that in that scenario it was called the growth idea so there was a patch in the middle of the board which is the god tier where it had fallen yeah. it was a, pa- a small patch of three hexes where only or four hexes sorry three three yeah where only heroes can go with champions sorry only champions can enter it it's impossible to everyone else yeah. and over the course of the game that that grows and depending on if you won the round or not you choose where the extra growth bit goes. The loser places it. So they can basically use it to close off gaps, to trap other people's uh, henchmen and, and stuff like that. And it becomes, it's, it's another part of the game. It's another tactic. Yeah, and I mean, it, with, with it developing with different objectives, it's going to be very interesting. I really like it for competitive play. I think it's yeah. going to be amazing. Um, I, like the, I like the idea of the two sort of Two phases of the Yes, of the that's turn. what I was going to go on to next. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you go. Strategy phase and then zooming into the battle. I really yeah. like the idea if anyone's played any PC games that are like the Rome Total War-esque. Total War was what so I thought of. Yeah. you zoom out and you have a strategy phase. You've got your planning where you decide where all of your toys are going to go and you decide where 
your plans and your plots are going to be. You have your mini movement phase, which is that one where as a commander, you get to see it from the above. You move yours, they move theirs. And then you zoom down and then it becomes alternate activation, which is yeah. very interesting. Um, I haven't played a system that's doing both. I've played the yeah. I've played the commander style of it, where you've uh, dictated what an army does, but you've never then gone zooming into the battle, which is uh, a new mechanic that they're combo style. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Where they're going with. I mean, a lot of the numbers and dice are going to be the things that are reviewed, which is really cool, and we're going to hopefully be part of that review system. Um, yeah, for our part, I think so. The followers I found very interesting of where you place them determines how many inverted commas activations you get out of them so you activate your followers at one point so they all activate together but you can put all of your you can put followers in up to three on one hex yeah and they get stronger as if they're there the way that i envisioned that was those followers aren't a follower but a unit yeah pretty because much. in this system you don't kill something unless you meet its uh, wounds threshold for followers. So for example, a dwarf's got three wounds, and if you do two to the dwarf follower, he doesn't die. My look of that was you didn't kill enough to diminish the war band. Yeah. But it's not only does he not die, he doesn't it you don't take you don't wounds track off followers, wounds. you yeah. don't track them. It's champions yeah. you track their wounds. For the followers you don't. So yeah. if you reach the threshold to kill one, great, it's dead. If you reach the threshold, say a, 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 a say a dwarf has four, uh, three hit points and there are three dwarfs on that square, and you cause five points of damage, you kill one dwarf. One dwarf. Yeah. So that was where I was looking at them as more, your champion was uh, the scale of the god in that sense, and the little followers were the leaders of little tiny groups of men. Hence why killing three... Oh, that's an interesting that, that, was, that, that, was, that was how, when they showed it to me, my vision of it was. See, I literally looked at it very literally, just when it's a big dwarf and several little dwarfs. As soon as he said wounds threshold, I tried I like to think that. of it in my mind of how that can be justified because if I've just stabbed you with a sword but not quite done enough, <laughs> how do you all of a sudden go, I'm still chipper, buddy? Um, like, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why in one quote, tis but a scratch. Fair enough, but no, that, that, that's how I looked at it. And then I really like the idea that you kind of uh, wall out your army so your followers can be in one, uh, one hex each as a little line trying to dictate where the fight's going to go. You can try and move it across or you can stack three on a square like double or nothing, gamble it down, worry about the triple kill but also cut out the pain yeah. as a follower which was, it looked like the champion should have been the one doing all the damage but that was the way to counter it and it, it was, I loved it. It's going to be my style, it's my style of game. I would quite like to do some video content for the playtesting if we're allowed to and we're not slapped by NDAs, which I'm assuming we're not going to be, it's fairly open by testing. We'll find out. That many people have access to it. <laughs> yeah. There'll be, there'll, be, there'll be a sort of a, probably a bit of paper that says here's what you can and can't do yeah. with this. Yeah, I can't wait. That'll be, that'll form part I of mean, the... I know you guys have seen more and I'm not going to ask you about it anyway. I won't tell you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> give, give a few words. So, I am more interested in it today than I was, say, three days ago. Four days ago. Did I do that good of a description? No. Oh. Although it was very good. <laughs> my, so my, I thought it was good, John. I liked it. It was very good. <laughs> but that wasn't what affected me. So I had that problem of having a preconception in my head. Yeah. So we heard about this last year. And you know when someone shows you a new game, as a rule, it's done and you get it and you have it which wasn't the case with this. And it took me a little while to get over that fact, if that makes sense. Like, now I'm super excited to have these things and play test it and shape it and help Be make this shit happen. 
be part yeah. of the development. But when I was doing it at the time, I was a bit like, oh, I kind of wanted more. But, I don't, but when I thought about what I actually wanted, it's just, it's not there yet because we haven't, it hasn't happened and we're going to yeah. make that happen. Yeah. So it's not like I was down it, but when you and I were traveling back, I think I was a little bit, uh, I don't know if I care, but now I care. It was more like reluctancy. And I think I was in the same boat that I was like, it, I, I wish it could have been more. But then part of me is going, we don't know what they've, they've yeah. only shown us what they want to show us. Absolutely. So when you think about for all we know, for, for all we know, there's that box of six and they've gone, you're going to play test this. We're going to get the box and go, by the way, here's 20. And okay. we're then going to lose our shit. But until we get that point, we don't know. And the six will do us for now. But I, I say to Dan, the only thing that I hope for is that there is enough variety that competitive play doesn't see a meta early on and you see the same champions out. Which, after the discussion we had yesterday, yeah. I'm hoping that there is enough. But I would like to see between between 15 to 20 champions when it's finally all done. And I said to Dan, I want to see it six months to a year after it's release. So yeah. on release, I don't expect 20. Right. No. But if, for example, a year down the line, I then see 20 with good variety and good development, I will be loving this game so much. Mm. But for release, if it's, I, I think I said 12. I think it's a 12. Uh, I was like, if it was 12 on release, I will be over the moon. And I'm looking forward to playing it so much. Two of the things they did say, (coughs) one of the things they did say was uh, that they want to have a rotation of champions. Yes. Yeah. So they are going to have enough models that they can take some out of rotation if they want. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see a pool as low as like eight or ten. And to clarify for anyone who might be freaking out thinking they're going to lose access to the champion, it's take them out in order to develop or tweak them because they need to be changed. Because we had a few people in our group as well who just thought, well, why am I going to buy something if they're going to take my champion away after I bought it? I'll pay 20 quid for this champion or whatever. And they just, oh, now I can't play anymore. I can also see them um, do a competitive season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Where, like, they're like, for the months of April till July, probably think of months after April there. Uh, <laughs> you know, that is definitely after April. Confirmed. You order. can't play uh, Bob the Blacksmith. He's just not an option you have. <laughs> you just can't because it's not in the competitive season. Yeah. Damn it, Bob. I mean, the, so the other discussion we had was as well with them was about how do you introduce someone to it? Could they go in by going, I really like that champion. Shall I buy that champion? And the answer was no. To get into the game, they should be buying like the star a, a set. Core set. At, like of course, yeah, that's that's the exact word I was looking for. The core set of boom, here's all my things. But I really like that champion and have that as an extra that comes into it, which I fundamentally really like. Because otherwise if one person's buying one champion, it's not really gonna be enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, level, like that that's where I, I like the idea of the core set containing how many was it? Because it was the shadowed out one. Four. Is that what they said? Four, they said four, each core set will have is essentially two v two. Oh, okay. Two, oh, okay. Two warbands. Two warbands. The the other thing to remember is Steamforge has done three Kickstarters now. Yeah, Guild Ball. They did Dark Souls. They did Resident. True. Guild Ball started off, I believe, when the Kickstarter first went up, there was only four teams. By the end of it, there were nine. Dark okay. Souls. When it went up, there was just the base game. By the end of it, there was three hundred pounds worth of upgrades. Four. Resi, again, I haven't followed it as closely as I did the other two, but from what I understand, it starts as a cool game, now there's about £150, £200 worth of upgrades. Yeah. So, even if 
the Kickstarter comes not entirely sure when they said sometime uh, sometime this year second quarter I mean if we're doing this playtesting thing that's going to take a while the playtesting thing is in January I thought they said April was their their, that's what I thought April April when they do that they might say here are the 10 champions we've got for you and then look at this two millions worth of stretch goals you've got planned out yeah. <laughs> all I know is they did say that they're not going to do pay enough money by a hero yeah you only back a content yeah you uh, just get the stretch goals yeah I would have yeah anyway. <laughs> so the last point as well about their this is completely off topic but it was part of the question where they were like which made you fanboy the most me and Dan, I made Dan be in fits of laughter. Oh, and it's, it's trying coming, so hard. It's, it's coming back to him. When they launched the printmaker that you could have any model you wanted <laughs> done, right? This is my idea. I know what you're going to say. I get my engineer six. Yep. I print them as they are with one unique change. <laughs> I just put my face on all of the characters <laughs> in comedic poses. But you're not, yeah, exactly. You're going to be pulling a face, aren't you? Yeah. And that, I think that would be beautiful. That tilled me halfway through the keynote. I'll try uh-huh. not to piss myself laughing. <laughs> well, that's brilliant because um, it, Rich from uh, Don't Touch the Beard, the thing he said was um, about the printmaker service, how's it going to work and can I have my face on Anvil? That's literally what I was that's talking about. That's what you wanted to well. do. Yeah. So, just warning. <laughs> you play against me at SteamCon next year. You're going to be playing against John Ballista, John Ratchet, John Hoist. Hoist is going to have glasses. Uh, Love it. <laughs> Velocity, I, I said something about Velocity, but I wasn't sure. And then Colossus, I'm still not sure whether Colossus is just my face, or I try and get the robot as a axle moving a model of me. A John Parrish face. <laughs> Can I, would the ball be your head? Yes. <laughs> yes. And point of order, if you do that, I am going to put my face on scum. <laughs> just a weird little cat with a with a horrific human face just well, that, no mere fuel for everyone that, that was the other one mother that's the really awkward one she got my little face on, on the mascot but what do you do with the nest markers that's is, your face is there, <laughs> is there lots of mini spiders with mini John faces oh, no or is it just a little bit that props up with my face it's just like, like it's just like that it's just a hole with like a trapdoor of your face like some sort of weird fairground game but let's be honest the possibilities are endless. What happens with the gold? What's that the, ta- what's that the motto of? There's a motto of something because the possibilities are endless. There's an advert. I suspect there are several products in history that have used that particular line. Okay, talk to yourselves, I'm going to Google. Fine. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my plan. Otherwise, it might turn into a... Re- depending on the price of them, it could be turned into a really expensive project when my face is across every single Guildball model I have. So what would be interesting is if you're allowed to design your own Guildball team, does that become tournament legal? I think it depends because... Is that conversion? Because if I want to do, let's say, an engineer's Transformers team, I think it has to be the the reasoning for it as well. Which was when they were talking about conversions and proxies, they've got a very similar stance on each model has to be noticeable that it's that model. Hmm. So, for example, my face on all the players. Yeah, still still quite clearly blisters. Blisters poses. Blisters everything. He's got fucking muggins there on his. (laughs) I think it's beautiful. I think my face on the skull would be horrifying. But the best thing is, with the little arm, 
No, when you deploy the models, you don't tell your opponent. <laughs> so, so they just just put, put them down as if they're normal. All the poses are normal. And then we'll start moving the models around. They'll be like, yeah. What's different with your models? Like, There'll be a moment, because it'll start off, they won't really do their closure in. There'll be a moment when they clock what's going on, and then their mind the shakes. And when they look down, it? they look up, and I'm sitting there with the exact same face already. <laughs> They've clocked Melissa's face is like the troll face. And then there's me standing there like, hey. Is it regular sized or your, is your head slightly larger? Shared it. I'm still undecided. Okay. We might have to. Are order. you proportional to 28 millimeters? I mean, I'm not saying chibi. Share but it. But. <laughs> no, we'll have to, have to order a couple. Right, okay. We'll get some test ballista sculpts. Right. For anyone waiting, I service. believe it was for an advert for recycling. Okay, Mark. So it's a lot less interesting than I thought, although recycling is really important, kids, so... <coughs> stay in school. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Look both ways when you cross the street. Drink milk. Something about hedgehogs. Hedgehogs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look both ways. King of the road. Moving on. It's kind of fucking weird. <laughs> weird tangent to my face on Ballista. I'm Look, not. We're all about a podcast doing a PSA. We're the Ramble podcast. God, tis going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. And we're. Models for days. Got Wait, test the shit. Freaking turgid. So to clarify, are all four of us getting that box? <laughs> All of the toys. Yes, I mean, and if Dyson doesn't pick up his, I'll have his too. Oh, greedy. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm ordering. By, by, I'm ordering one. Angel's ordering one. There will be a spare that gets knocked about. The idea that I want to make sure that we're playtesting the shit out of it. Here's down the line when they're looking for metal sculpts of PVC. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, you gouges. I, Scalpers. Damn. When was the last time you sold a model? Yeah, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, it's um, been a while. I sold Tomb Kings like yes, four to years Gareth. ago. Yeah, that's true. That is the thing we talk about. We don't sell. Like, it's awful. So when uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide an advert. If anyone wants, to, if anyone wants to buy a lizard men army, I'm selling one at the moment. Dead game. <laughs> no, when they, so one of the things that I think can be brought up that we spoke about across the whole of SteamCon as well was the whole scalping issue. Yeah. We've seen the Blacksmith Box 2 <coughs> selling online on eBay for £135. Fuck that hell. shit is horrendous. Bullshit. So, but to their point, that was an auction. It was not them saying, I want £130 for it. It's put it on at 30 mm, Yeah. Half but, so, the, I mean, the intent was there because whoever got it yeah. knew they weren't going to keep it. So, where I was talking earlier on that I knew the deals of if I was going to buy it, I would have bought it for the dice that was free, blah, 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 blah. I still wouldn't have gone back and put it on eBay on the idea to make money on it. I, yeah. I think that we've all, all come across on this. We're in a very fortunate position where that, for us driving up from London, we'd have to worry about that. So, me making money off of it, that wasn't what jumped to my head. And I, I feel bad for the people that had to do that. Like, it's hard. Mm. If that was my only way of getting to see yeah, I probably would have done the same. But. A bit of a negative spin on the end of that, but I mean, until then it was quite light-hearted, I thought. But it's a, still, it's a serious problem. Steamcon, fucking amazing, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, guys, next year, 2018, has got to be like four times the size to make them higher out. Well, how many guys did we take this year? There was, what, nine Spartans in total? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nine, yeah, 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 nine, no, nine Spartans in total. Seven, wasn't it? Se- Seven no. plus Maria, eight. Maria's a Spartan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but it wasn't was it in eight? the buses going up. She wasn't in the. No, she it was had eight. Work. It was eight, you're right. It was eight. Okay, eight. Next year we'll have easily 12. No, nine, because Sam Page, friend of the show, Sam Page. Friend is of the show, Spartan. Sam Page is Spartan. He was wearing a shirt. <laughs> and, um. Oh, Koo! Oh, and I bought him a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Koo has his shirt on at least two days. Yeah, what boy? There we go. Ten <laughs> Spartans, even if some of them were in part, Yeah, part of our Belgian contingent. <laughs> Taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Shirts coming out to a scene near you. <laughs> 
But more, yeah. we'll go for more more than 10 next year. Definitely. Into double figures. It's sure. really great as well being able to go up as a big community and people realising it. And seeing, like, the one thing I did notice, obviously, when we all wore the Rollback shirts on the Saturday, we all had Spartan shirts as well with us, that people notice when there's a club up there. Yeah. And there is a real big, like, part of the community side of it that's built up around clubs. I think the, the South as well is a big thing that we all kind of... I think we, on the Friday night, ran the risk of going from famous to infamous... But I think we just towed the line nicely. I am wondering if there's going to be a video of you two on Beasts of War. Because as was recorded, you were oh, yeah. fucked. Yeah, I... I yeah. Fucking bring it on, mate. It I'm pretty sure you can find worse than me on there. <laughs> there is no bad publicity. Yeah, yeah, you're damn right. I don't but know, just, wait till the video. Just with the North-South thing, one of the North guys I spoke to was a guy called Jason Fox, who I now owe a game to next year, because we couldn't quite coordinate. Yeah, it never quite worked. Yeah, we couldn't quite coordinate. So I owe him a game next year. He's thinking of becoming a pundit. He's in Liverpool. And he's really going to try and move... Like, he really wants to build a scene in Liverpool. So that's really cool. Hopefully he does it. Was that the fellow that was walking with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really nice guy. He's running running a tournament soon or... No, an event? Think, no, no. I think he wants to become a pundit and start running events. Oh, build yeah. it near him. Yeah. He said he's got a big X-Men community and magic community where he is and it's hard to break through. I'm sending some X-Men as well, guys. Another advert there. <laughs> okay. Well, I said we don't sell any models. Matt does. <laughs> yeah, apparently Matt does. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to sell some shit so I can fund buying other shit. Most, well, some of which... Is, which is Steamforge, some of which you'll, I don't know, lots of other stuff. <laughs> We've got, I mean, do you, want, do you want to cover a little bit of the Q&A, what was mentioned? I mean, there was, there was a lot of questions, and frankly, boys and girls, I mean, some of it could have been answered by just paying attention to the keynote. That is accurate. I believe Steamforge have recorded the Q&A. Hmm. And the keynote itself. And the keynote yeah. itself. So if you are interested, go and listen to that. Wasn't there one day, like... When they said, right, we're doing minor guilds, there's all this yeah. stuff for Gilball, so much stuff is happening. And then one guy gets up and goes, so what are you actually doing for Gilball? No, what are you doing to make Gilball <coughs> better in 2018? Yeah, it was, it was <coughs> going, oh, well, there's lots of stuff that's coming, there's lots of stuff that's coming out and everything else. That's really cool, but what's going on next year then? Yeah, so what it, yeah. the whole room went silent. Everyone was looking at each other going, I'm sorry, did I miss something? What the fuck have we just spent an hour listening to? <laughs> How Gilball's going to be... Yeah, it's God tier as well. How Here's what we're doing for Gilball in 2018. And then you stand up and go, what are you doing for Gilball in 2018? Yeah, what, I just didn't get it. I think we looked at each other and just couldn't say a word. <laughs> what? It was bad. I don't know. We should stop picking on individual members of the community. We should. Even if we don't know who they are. We love you guys. Um, except for people who ask stupid fucking questions. Um, <laughs> not well. <laughs> the, the last two points we wanted to cover are a couple of new players one of which was the SteamCon exclusive mini which is not exactly a SteamCon exclusive mini but it was whatever on a SteamCon got in their goodie bag and that's Skulk who is the first of the Rat Catchers and also a Mortician's player so we only have the Mortician's version of him at the moment as I'm guessing probably won't change much if he becomes a Rat Catcher as well um, but we have his card a lovely SteamCon card for Skulk and it's a really nice model as well I'm a big fan of that model it's a really cool pose um, we also got to hear in the fluff seminar a bit about who Skulk is and who the Rat Catchers are. Um, so they're kind of a, they're they're a minor guild, and it's basically it was just a few entrepreneurial guys who said, "Well, if we catch rats for people, people will give us money for catching the rats that they don't want in their houses. So we'll just do that as our guild." And then Skulk's just one of the biggest and baddest of them. He's a bully. He's what they say. He's a big dude. And um, one thing I really liked, which uh, Sherwin mentioned, is if you look at the model, he's got quite a lot of bits of like small bits of metal on him, like belt buckles in weird places and stuff. 
And it's basically because in the bit of what I'm calling the underhive, but it's more like the undercity, um, it's like all the tunnels and, and sewers and stuff under the cities. There's this group of like rat catchers and, and uh, people who don't fit into society, the really poor people who live under there. And in their sort of sub-society, metal is what protects you from ghosts and evil spirits and stuff. And because Skulk's the biggest and baddest rat catcher, he thinks, well, I'm going to protect myself from spirits, and he covers himself in metal, which I quite liked. Mm. I just thought it was a cool little bit of, bit of fluff. That's cool. Do you want to go on to about the card, John? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about fluff and you're glazing over it. I said it was cool! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, if you have access to the internet, which I'm assuming you do if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably <laughs> look for the card. I don't think reading down what's physically on the card is going to help a huge amount of people. If we're talking about an ability, we'll touch what it is, but I mean, reading out a playbook and whatnot is not exactly the most... In- all I would say I is that I was just familiarising myself with the card. Sure, yeah. yeah. All I would say is that momentous double dodge on two is really nice for a two-inch model with tax six. Like you've got no problems there. Two you through, isn't he? He is really nice. He's a weird. He's he's a he's a goalkeeper who doesn't have to be by the goal. Is essentially he's instead of Colossus and uh, Tenderizer being the rush keeper. Compound, but sure. Yeah, sorry, I said Colossus. Yeah, compound and tenderizer. Instead of being the rush keeper or having the um, plus Colossus one target numbers, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's a boy. Or the numbers, he basically goes a little bit out into the field and fucks with whichever striker is coming to try and score. Yeah, so he scares me. I really like that line in reflexes. Yeah, so yeah. with so, a three striker yeah. team, purpose for the podcast. Yeah. Like, so I'm reading the card for the first time because I. You didn't open your box, basically. We covered this, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't jumped in looking special. I, I, I got my lanyard out. <laughs> I got the lanyard out, and that was it. I've still got my boxes at home, so I'll have a look at them. But the, so, lightning reflexes, six-inch aura. Once per turn, when an enemy model ends a dodge within this aura, this model may immediately make a jog directly towards this model. Cool. So he gets to move five inches towards someone that ends within six. Yeah, he's so engaging. Therefore, he will be able to engage anyone that lands within that aura. At two yeah. inches. Is it when they start the dodge or when they end the dodge? End the dodge. So, Skulk's, in my opinion, a really interesting bit of design space as far as goalies go, where he doesn't care about being near the goal, he cares about being near the model you're trying to bounce off. He's a bully. Yeah. And in Mortz, the models you're bouncing off are not exactly pleasant models to start with. You know, I like like your Garst and uh, Karska are generally the models you're looking to bounce off. Obvious two inch in particular, not bouncing off that. Everyone else is like four ones ish. Yeah. Um, and on the move towards him, because Skulk is on a forty millimeter base, often you can block the line of sight to the goal. Yeah. Driving because generally there aren't that many forty millimeter, fifty millimeter strikers. No, you got a bone saw that are relevant. You got mo- most of the Blacksmith faction. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he's. I mean, he scares me, man. Like, <coughs> with horrific odor and pest control, so for two in, he's gonna make vitriol bad. Do run over pest control? So, so pest control. Enemy models within this model's melee zone suffer minus one, minus two kick, which is significant if you're bl- also blocking their line of sight with that forty. Yeah, so, and that's that's one influence for that, or it's momentous on three. On he's the probably board. going to be engaging like. Worst case scenario, he's engaging me, so I'm dropping a dice. So it's probably minus two, minus two, and your target number goes the up. The dream up. scenario is you've gone <coughs> with Skulk, you've activated both of his abilities. I believe you can pay for pest control. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They go, their striker has to bounce off Garth and spend two influence doing that. Ooh. You finish your dodge, Skulk walks up to you, you've then got to pay two to kick while you're within pest control, so you drop 
dice because you're engaged by Scott. Dice for pest control. And he's hopefully blocking line of sight to the goal. And you've dropped two inches off your range, so you yeah. might not even be in range for your goal anymore. That's going to catch that is, that is dream scenario. Yeah. Look so, at what you can do. But even if you don't get all of that, it's still... I think Americans call it English Magical Christmas Land. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there so we the, go. The jog is directly towards the model, so there is... It is easier to place your striker to, to still get the ball yeah, off. Absolutely. But, the you know, the way I play with running in and trying to get that bit of momentum... Could be quite tricky to get that extra bit of momentum. You might have to actually, play smart. I might actually have to play smart, which I can't do. The really nice bit I like about this, and this is going to look at from a complete competitive clock perspective, right? So, someone landing. <clears throat> no, but I'm finding it really difficult with people with counter charge. Yeah. Of when counter tr- charge triggers, because people aren't letting go of their model, they're then thinking about it. Blah 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 blah. blah. Skulks happens after an attack that they've declared an, uh, an action for, so you can let them finish the dodge. And it's not like placement of a model. I think because it's new, people will forget about it. Oh so yeah, always. The, the the dodge and then the being engaged by someone will be enough in my mind of ignore the horrific odour, ignore the pest control, ignore everything else on it. Just that someone running forward and engaging someone, dropping that one yeah. dice will be horrendous for some people. Goal rats. Maybe you guys can talk me through this. So six inch aura. It's a little bit... Yeah, but it might if, if a free ball is placed in this aura in base contact with the friendly goalpost, except when resolving a scatter, this model immediately gains possession of the ball marker. So it is very strangely worded because when you start resolving a goal scatter, you put the ball next to the goal and put the template there. But it doesn't snap it at that point. You've got to actually finish resolving the scatter before yeah. the goal rats kick in. So once the scatter is finished resolving. So that's why it's worded like that. Mm. Basically, someone goes for a goal, they miss, it hits the post, you scatter it from there. If it's still touching the post, as it quite often can be, and the, he's within six, goal rats pick it up and he gets it. It stops my bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're free tap, you're re-tapping. Yeah. It's kind of, it's basically super fan. Yeah. But for misses rather than goals. That personally is something that I'm probably not going to look to keeping in range a lot of the time. No. But it's something that's there if oh, now and again it might crop up. It's one of those little flavour rules that is more very situational. Well, the, with the way that I miss goals, that'll be fantastic for someone who's against me. Yeah. You miss them from far enough out that when they do bounce, they bounce yeah. either, side, either side of the goal. I try. Yeah. As, whereas Dan's one, as the example, he's always of, here if he's base to base with the goal, and it scatters, it's going to end in base to base, so then yeah. whips it off. Then he gets it before you snap it. But if you're missing a snap, you're having a bad day. <laughs> but all in all, we like Scott. Yeah, I think he's a really cool player. His card's cool. <coughs> yeah, give you that. The other Dan, do you want to talk to us about the other player that we got at Steam? Well, I mean, we've got the blacksmiths as well, but there was yeah. one other. We the blacksmiths, we're going to do an episode on. <laughs> we're going to do a full yeah. blacksmiths mega. I think all of us. John's turned around to being quite excited about the blacksmiths. Yeah, I mean, from we won't go into them massively. Yeah, but prior to the blacksmiths, I didn't like the look of them based on cards alone. And then you put them on the table. I put them on the table, and they're just a very fun way of playing for me. They're not yeah. like every. I I haven't played them like the majority of people have played them. But I'm having fun with them, and it's a nice break away from playing the same grind every week. And me and Barry are just really excited about them anyway. But Agreed. I should mention it, Barry got on the hype train first, I was slightly behind him. We, we, had, had, we had this discussion. I saved you a seat, buddy. You did! On that hype train. <laughs> but then, so we're going to go into, we're going to have a full episode on the Blacksmiths. Yeah. But Dan, what but did you want to There was about? one other card spoiled at Stephen Con, which... <laughs> 
was quite frankly the card we were waiting for. Well, it wasn't spoiled at Steam. It was spoiled on the way up to Steam it was on teased. the Thursday, repeatedly by Jamie Gibbs. Just, just bit like by bit, just like inch by inch. Like literally <laughs> one part of a card time, and that is, of course, the murder nanny herself, Fallow, the last farmer's player. It's beautiful, and she's, she's what a player. Like she's got a back of a card that rivals Colossus in sheer weight of wording. Just <laughs> target wordy card. <laughs> um, she has to run over her very briefly. Is she grows her attack grows as long as her, the turn goes on. So the longer you leave her, the uh, more what damage she is. She has an five yeah. influence, which is I believe the first five captain non captain we've seen in the game. Barb season two hoist. And if you don't count AG's combo. Yeah, if you don't count yeah, the right combined of age. 100%. Uh, she can pull up harvest markers to allocate her two per harvest marker. Yeah. And she has an ability called uh, Protect Those Clothes. It's not Protect Those Clothes, that's something else. No, it's... Um, oh, piss, we haven't got a card to hand. Either way... You can describe it. It's... If you are engaging Fellow, you have to attack Fellow. It's not like a lot of the other abilities where the first time you attack, you have to attack Fellow. It's... If you are engaging her, you must do this every time until you are not engaging her. And it doesn't matter if she's engaging you or not, because she's only got a one-inch melee. It's if you are engaging her. And she's 19 hitboxes, 4-0, which is quite good for a farmer. There's a lot to get through. She's a <coughs> I haven't played her, I haven't put on the team table. I've played her. I've saw a job player, and it looked annoying. It's the longer fun. you can keep it in your pants with her, the more murderous she gets. I just but, found it amusing more than anything. Yes, yeah, it's so much fun. The murder is secondary to having to attack her. Yeah. She's like the ultimate close control. Yeah. I used her to defend the chicken with the ball. Yeah. Of course you did. Which was, yeah. I still managed to get it off because I had ferrite. So I was able yeah. to acrobatic. So I, was, I hit her acrobatic so I wasn't engaged. And then kicked back towards the team. Yeah. But then she came and murdered shit. Yeah, she, she tears shit She was really better against two inch melees. Where they'll just accidentally catch on the edge of her two inch, and then all of a sudden they're locked into doing that. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. I think it was was it Sam that was talking to us about that. No, it was someone. I out, haven't talked to it us was someone that. outside of the club that mentioned about the two inch melee zones being a problem, not problem, but becomes an issue because of placement. If you mess up your placement, you end up accidentally hitting her, which can be a nightmare. The only thing that I, so I I'm going to put my neck out, and I haven't read the card enough to understand it. You declare a charge on someone. Do you get to resolve the charge attack against Fallow? Or does your charge technically fail? Because you can't complete. Oh, that's, a, that's so an FAQ. <laughs> vitriol charges Peck. Engaging no, no, both. No, I understand that. Uh, oh, is I believe this will be worded similar to... There was a plot card in Season 2 which gave you plus one defence against an attack. But it was ruled an attack was not, part, was not a charge. Because there's a difference between an attack without being bold and an attack while being in bold writing. An attack in bold writing is specifically spending one influence to attack it. It's not part of a charge. So I'm assuming the charge will get by that. Obviously, check the rules for them. That's what they're there for. And I'm sure it has been ruled somewhere. Yeah, I was just seeing it. But off the top of my head, that would be yeah. how I'd rule it. Yeah. That was just a, an interesting one for the man yeah. Annie. Who I, really I like, like her. Yeah, who I really like. Really fits my play style. And I think she's, she's definitely a Grange piece rather than a Thresher piece. I think you I can agree. play her in Thresher, but I mean, oh, she's overriding Tater, and that's a hard yeah. job to do. Yeah. There's more reasons for me to hate farmers. Well, the one, so, I mean, the one thing, I don't want to go into it too much because it yeah. kind of overlaps with Blacksmith, but the two new boxes, so, the, sorry, not two new boxes, two new teams. Yeah. The one thing that I do like is 
They're very different from the rest of the teams. That's my opinion of them. Um, but I do find their cards dictate a lot of a suggested way of playing, whereas other teams don't as such. Like some of the combos that you get off of the blacksmith are physically printed on cards. Where a lot of the other combos that you get from other teams, you have to think about and you have to generate yourself. Well, I mean, the blacksmiths were designed in that way because of the way the Master of Apprentices work. Yeah, but I, I, I find that that design input was also there even with farmers. In terms of they are very good together because the harvest marker set up a lot of certain people. Yeah, that's so th- there's interaction between them. Yes. I mean, it's new and it's cool is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think... Like, you've got plants, you've got reapers, you should play these together. It's not, like, printed on the card. Yeah. <clears throat> interaction. Well, we've, disc- we've discussed yeah. the all-planters team. Doesn't work. I mean, it kind of works. Just it- cut Plowman. No one likes Plowman. Plowman's Plow- unnecessary. <laughs> no offence to whoever designed him, but he's superfluous. He's inefficient, which is a bad place to be for a planter. Just so, um, just because I've spent ages finding it, I'm just going to talk about it now briefly. I've just um, found the back of Fallow's card again. I can't find the front of it. Um, but Protective Instinct is the one where you have, to ki- you have to attack her. <coughs> Uh, making hay is the tearing up harvest markers to get influence thing. Uh, it's, she's got between a rock, like um, right. oh, yeah. granite. So, so it's basically, if if in your turn someone within this four inches takes, on, damage. takes damage, she, she wanders towards him, and then suddenly you have to attack her. So Sherwin alluded to her having an interesting background. He was saying yes, that she, she did. like one day said. To some farmhands, right? You're in charge of my farm. I'm going to play Gilboard. And if you no screw up my farm, you're getting turned <laughs> yeah, to like, fire. No one knows why, but she's rocked up. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going to play Gilboard. What are you and, doing?" And everyone's too scared <laughs> to call her on it. She's the <laughs> scariest farmer. She's the, she's the one where, when there's a cow that's limping, she's like, "That cow is meat." She is Soviet farmer murder murder nan. <laughs> I love it. So hopefully that we'll find out more about her her background. Well, I like the other thing talking about like scary old ladies. So Fallow is this <laughs> scary old lady who plays Gilmore. That, no, we, absolutely, obviously, um, uh, who like no one no one wants to call on why she's playing Gilmore. When we were talking about the blacksmiths, Sherman was saying everyone listens to Anvil because Anvil is like the old father of blacksmithing. So many people have been taught by him, and he's just like this big old grandfatherly figure, and everyone respects his opinion because he knows his shit. People listen to Hearth for a very different reason in that they're fucking terrified of what she'll do to them if they don't. Which I like. I just love that the, the two old ladies that are being revealed, not like that, in uh, <laughs> being revealed in the last boxes are <laughs> Dan stop doing old lady strip teasers in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two old ladies that are revealed no, are no. terrifying old ladies that everyone should be scared of. I really like Hearth. Hearth is awesome. But we must save that for our blacksmith's mega-sode. Yeah, and that's something I think we'll touch on. So Andrew and I asked a question about the blacksmiths on farmers and their abilities and if we think they're going to be like top-tier guilds. Friend of the show, Friend Andrew of the Nye. show, Andrew and I, you're right. You've asked enough questions now. He is official friend of the show, Andrew and I. We love your questions. Please keep them coming. Yeah, please keep them coming. So we can, we can, we can give it a brief answer, which is uh, what do we think of the farmers and blacksmiths' abilities and strength as a guild and are they going to be like top-tier guilds? Overall, farmers, yes. Right Thresher is S tier. The rest of the farmers are probably tier 1.5. I'll give you that. Thresher is Thresher push, pushing the scale with Millstone and, Co- and um, uh, Cocksure. Um, the uh, Peck. Peck, thank you. There we go. And Peck is secondary. Let's but him help Tater him. is fine. Tater does not oh, no, change. He is fine. But, but when I'm you add him into the mix. That yeah. whole team is, fuck me, that's hard. That's she said. Um, yeah. So yeah. the farmers are brilliant. Millstone and Thresher actively need changing by 
There we go. You heard it here first, gentlemen. Which one? Which one? Sorry? Oh, Thresher and Millstone. Do you think both need changing or one of them? Needs I think changing? small changes to both of them. Small yeah. changes. Interesting. Thresher as, a, as, a, as opposed to Thresher loses extended reach, yeah. drops two inch all the time, nice so time. you can actually respond to them. Yes. And Millstone, I think six inches is a bit egregious on the aura. Drop it down to four. It's okay. currently can be like half the fucking or picture. Or each model can only be effective once per turn. Is that the case anyway? I think you, then you're wording like a paragraph. Rather yeah, than fair enough. Then it's wordy. Yeah, I mean, dropping the ranges is the easy... Well, yeah, yeah. Four, is easy making four inches not safe. In terms of blacksmiths, I honestly think that we haven't had enough time to, to figure them out. Because My, even yeah. from the club last night, three games of blacksmiths are being played, three very different games of blacksmiths being played. There's just not... Yeah. Uh, four, actually. There's another one after that. Yeah. Yeah. Steam it's just not a sit-down, work-it-out method, numbers, efficiency, that yeah. Thresher is a little bit obvious where the numbers are going. And you go, well, I can do some really good things. That's good, good, bad, good yeah. Bad yeah. That's what I really like about the Blacksmiths, that you can pick a team that you love, and I can pick a team that I love, and they're very different teams. Yeah, no, no. Not agree, but it's, what it's I, also that you can pick a team to play football, I can pick a team to play football, and they'll be different teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really like the Blacksmiths a lot. I'm really excited for them. My, my gut feeling for them is they're not going to go straight in as a really powerful guild. I feel that they've got... It takes either a very good player or a lot of work with them to get the most out of them. But when you find though, when you find the groove, when you're in the groove with them, I think it, they're going to be really good. I hope so. I am going to try and stick with it. Yeah, really me too. I'm on them now. I've got them sprayed. I'm going to be painting them, making them look pretty. I mean, it's very hard, I think, for a guild to come in and like suddenly... Be the best because you've got guys that have been playing, really, you know, playing a long time with one guild and know it in and out. And like, yeah. I'm still looking at like, wait, cards, abilities. Does that affect it? Whereas when they just like bish bash bosh and they know it, it's, you can't, you know, you can't fight against that yet. No. So in conclusion, Andrew, we think farmers are great. We will discuss blacksmiths and them overall in the next episode, which will be specific about blacksmiths. Hmm. In the Megasode. The Blacksmiths hmm. Megasode. But in the meantime, if you want to um, contact us, steal. please do email us at rollbetterpodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet us. We're on Twitter. Tweet or, or just comment on our Facebook stuff. Yeah. Trying to post stuff. And please do like our Facebook page. So yeah, in conclusion, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts about all of the brilliant reveals we've had at SteamCon for Guild Ball and all the other games that um, SteamForge is going to be producing. Um, yeah, I th- we'll see you on the next episode. Roll better merging into a god tier guild ball podcast. And hopefully with less disease condition around the table. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of disease condition, which might mean that we now have to play extra momentum to do take a breather <laughs> or come on, mate. Yeah, you've, you've we definitely spread it. <laughs> You're trying to laugh and it just sounds like coughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's just awful. And also, we're getting a hell of a lot of downloads now. Well, I say a hell of a lot. For us, it's a lot to us. For what we expected. And Every so download nice. counts to us, and we really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the comments and all the positive feedback we get, all the shout-outs we get, both from other podcasts and other members of the community. Um, and everyone that, everyone that mentioned that they'd listened to SteamCon, that was so sweet. It was really nice really to cool. hear. So, Actually, yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for that. Chatting to a couple of the guys at SteamCon, I was surprised how many people had listened to us. Poor them. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. No, they love our tongues Clubs. in their ears. <laughs> they yeah. love our tongues in their ears. Yeah. And then, and then they met us on Friday night. <laughs> Me and John making a name for ourselves <laughs> as official disturbers of the peace. Unaffiliated, sorry, Spartans, as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was oh, those Spartans on tour. God, they're, they're animals. The Robert guys, they're just super friendly and they know their shit. Super chilled out and stuff. Just really nice. 
Anyway, guys, we're going to leave you there. So, um, as always, please do roll better. <laughs> Dan still looks annoying. <laughs>